Let's kick it, it's Right, it is BK here coming at you guys Saturday, June 10th, 2023, about 12.02 p.m. right after the noon hour. And, of course, coming at you guys from San Diego, California. Please follow me on Twitter for breaking news throughout the week, at Bravo Kilo Actual. And check out that Instagram, at BK Actual. Fair warning, I'm definitely feeling a lot better than I did um, earlier this week. But that cough that I had last podcast I told you guys about is still sticking around. As a matter of fact, after that podcast, my health took a turn for the worse and the rest of the week, I was like really sick for the first time in a while. And yes, I did test myself. It was not the China virus. Uh, It was not. It was just a regular ass thinking it was. It had to be a flu because I had the aches and everything. Feeling better other than the cough, but that's sticking around. So again, we'll battle through it. That's what we do here. You got to love the tenacity, the grit, the showing up regardless of all odds. That's what BK does. That's what I expect out of you guys, too. Let's get going here. Let's talk about this story. A lot of you guys sent this to me, and it is fascinating. Let's go to the Colombian jungle and this story about the four missing children found alive after 40 days In the jungle, rescuers have been searching for these children. They were ages 13, 9, 4, and 1 ever since they survived a plane crash that killed the three adults on board. And, uh, yeah, there's pictures of the rescue team with the children. And uh, this is all according to Colombia's president and President Gustavo Petro. Last night, Friday night, indeed, said, quote, they achieved an example of total survival that will go down in history, essay. end quote. Now, rescuers got to the site of the plane's wreckage pretty quickly last month, and they found the bodies of those three adults. But there was no sign of the four children known to have been on the plane. And this was a huge national story down there. Local Indige, the indigenous communities from the remote area, along with the Colombian military, began scouring the jungle for the children. Uh, It just took them a long time to catch up to them. They said they're receiving medical attention. They're fairly weak, but it sounds like they're going to be okay. They were initially treated by combat medics from Colombia's special operations forces that have been deployed. And uh, they are saying they are in stable condition. So as of this morning, we don't know a lot. We just know that they're found. It's unclear who found them, actually, like which group. And it more unclear, and the big question is how they managed to survive this long. This is a very remote, thick jungle. Heavy rains. Uh, it contains, you know, poisonous snakes, jaguars, everything that the, uh, everything unpleasant than you can imagine a jungle to have. 
And it's uh, quite a story. The children, a little bit about them, they are members of the Huitoto indigenous community. And they had been traveling with their mother and an indigenous leader from a tiny Amazon community called Araraquara, Colombia, to San Jose del Guaviare, a small city in central Colombia. Pilot reported engine failure, declared an emergency, and that's when the plane disappeared. That was around 7.30 a.m. on May 1st. So they got right on it. Uh, they used, uh, you know, the old boots on the ground, but they also used a speaker that produces sound loud enough to be heard within a roughly mile-wide radius. They played a recording made by the children's grandmother in their native language, also known as Huitoto, telling the children to stay in one place and people were looking for them. So there have been a few conflicting details about this that came out because on May 17th, Petro... El Presidente, he announced on Twitter that the children had been found alive, but the next day he retracted the news, saying that the nation's child welfare agency, the Colombian Institute of Family Welfare, had received incorrect information. <laughs> you fucking dumb dude. <laughs> God. Not great. But uh, they found footprints, everything else, and, you know, they, they are indigenous to the region they probably had some good local knowledge and undoubtedly that saved them so good news all around fascinating stuff i can't wait to hear from the kids like how they did this shit because you know that's going to go right to seer school and uh, other survival schools let's talk about a another children's story this one with a less happy ending and go to somalia a mortar shell explosion in a Somalian city called Kurioli, that's in uh, southern Somalia, killed about 27 people, and yes, sadly, they were mainly children. Injured 53. And uh, bad idea, kids. The deputy district commissioner of that city said the children were playing with a mortar shell that was UXO. It was unexploded ordnance. So it was intact. It just hadn't exploded upon impact. So the kids picked it up playing on them, and then boom, fucking gone. Residents there said the unexploded shells were used by the warring factions in Somalia. And then in just uh, further Somali news, because really, we really don't know. This is an AP uh, article, just a news release. I'm sorry, Reuters. But also in Mogadishu, yesterday, Friday, a beachside hotel was attacked. Al-Shabaab claimed responsibility for that. But as of Friday evening, last night, no fatalities were reported in the assault on that hotel called the Pearl Beach Hotel. Security forces are continuing to battle with the militants overnight. I'm just curious if you guys can hear this wheezing. Hold on. You want me, you want me to hold the mic up to my neck? Here, here we go. Ready? I'm, I'm, I'm going to exhale, and then these guys tell me if you can hear it. <coughs> well, I know you could hear that. Gross, huh? This is what I'm fighting for. This is what I do for you people. Unbelievable, the tenacity, the follow-through, the ability to play hurt. Guys, go to patreon.com. Show some love. A few of you did, and yes, I did receive your nice notes about you had to chip in because uh, I'm uh, 
near death here and still showing up. So I really appreciate that. Go to patreon.com BK actual. Let's keep going. Let's go to uh, another kid's story and go to Afghanistan. 89 schoolgirls and their teachers in northern Afghanistan were hospitalized with respiratory and neurological symptoms over the weekend, and officials believe this was a deliberate poisoning at two separate girls' schools. So, last Saturday, 63 students and staff members at Kabad Ab School, that's an elementary school for girls, in the northern Sar-e-Pul province, became sick shortly after arriving in their classrooms. Then the next day, 26 more students, along with staff members at the nearby Faiz Abad Girls School, became ill and reported similar symptoms. And apparently, the authorities are pursuing a possibility that somebody deliberately tried to poison them. You guys have all known that in Afghanistan... The subject of girls getting educated has long been a hot-button issue over there. Yeah, and of course, since the Taliban seized power in 2021, they have been kind of all over the place. Uh, if you guys have been listening to the podcast, you remember the Taliban initially was like, no, we're going to keep girls in school because we need educated women to, say, be woman doctors so they can work on the unclean women because it's not appropriate for our male doctors to work on them. You know what I'm saying? So that was the attitude they seemed to take initially. But then they've kind of gone a more hardline stance, and they've really cracked down on girls going to school altogether. But local Afghan officials said they believe these poisonings were motivated by local animosities between villages. Uh, some local elders are expressing skepticism over that. So the, the latest rule in the update right now is that girls are prohibited from attending school above 6th grade in Afghanistan. However, they are permitted to attend elementary schools, so most of the girls who fell sick were 6 to 12 years old. Uh, the symptoms, shortness of breath, weakness, nausea, headaches, a lot of them were put on ventilators. However, earlier this week, at least half of them have been discharged. The Director of Culture and Information in that province... Uh, said, quote, unknown people spread poisonous substances inside the classroom. And when the students entered the classrooms, they experienced shortness of breath, watery eyes and noses, and they lost consciousness. End quote. That was Umer Sarpuli. Uh, security and intelligence forces are still searching for the perps. Uh, yeah, here's a little bit more of a rundown with, with what I said about the uh, education. March of last year, Taliban barred girls from attending high schools. November of last year, they prohibited women from attending university. In addition, women have also been barred from going to many public places like gyms and parks, traveling any significant distance without a male relative, and working in most job fields outside of the private sector and healthcare. Uh, so, yeah. These problems were first reported around 8 a.m. local time. And uh, the teachers went down, too. So, anything else on this? Actually, you know, this, this is not the first time. This has happened, like, a couple times. For over a decade, Afghanistan has experienced sporadic incidents of what were believed to be poisonings at girls' schools across the country. Under the previous Western-backed government, officials tended to blame the Taliban for the attacks. Of course, the Taliban denied that at the time. 
I think I remember some of these. In 2012, nearly 300 schoolgirls in the northern province of Takar fell sick. A year after that, around 200 schoolgirls became ill in a similar incident in the capital of Kabul. And then in a major incident in 2016, around 600 schoolgirls in the Herat province in northern Afghanistan were targeted with what officials suspected was toxic gas. And Afghanistan isn't the only Muslim country going through something like this. The same shit happened in Iran. You guys remember this? I covered this earlier this year. Hundreds of schoolgirls were hospitalized in what Iranian officials said might have been deliberate poisonings aimed at preventing girls from attending school. That's no good. Fucking barbarians over there. Obviously, this is some guy or some guys who are these religious fanatics and they don't believe in any equal rights and they don't believe that little girls should learn how to read and write. It's a complete disgrace. And that's why Afghanistan will be continue to be the asshole of the United St- of the United States, the globe, as we all know it to be. What else? Canada. You know, it just cracked me up. I was watching the news. You guys all saw the the smoke over New York City. And two points. One, I had to laugh because they were like, "Look at the sky. It's yellow." And I'm like, you know, this shit happens in California every freaking year. Every year, I've had it. It's been darker than that, and it's literally been raining ash in the sky. But the East Coast media is, like, so completely biased. Like, nothing nothing west of, you know, Maryland makes the, you know, that's not important. That's, like, a regional matter. But the second anything happens in New York City, oh, my God, it's fucking chaos into the world. It only lasts, like, a day or two. Second of all, my other point was I, I regrettably happened to catch a uh, cable news broadcast for about 30 seconds before I turned it off. But it was funny, they, you know, the uh, some of the anchors were like, well, you know, this is, you know, no, a lot of America didn't even know this was happening. And I just have to point out that World News with BK has been on top of these fires for at least two weeks. Okay? Just want to point that out. I went into it extensively last week and definitely the week before that. So you guys once ahead, well, once again, we're way ahead of the curve uh, and you knew all about this and you knew it was coming thanks to you tuning into this program. So once again, I succeeded. The American media continues to be a complete embarrassment. So what's up with these fires with the latest uh, stats? Well, what about this wildfire season, especially in Canada? Well, it's uh, been pretty crazy. Their wildfire season started earlier this year. Now, wildfires are common in spring and summer in much of Canada. But you guys also know that a lot of Canada is like wilderness. And these fires usually burn up in the wilderness. But these fires are a different thing. First of all, there's hundreds of them. <laughs> like, it's just hundreds and hundreds of fires burning at the same time. And it's an abnormally warm spring. Remember, the first major fires kicked off in Alberta, as I told you a few weeks ago. And that's where a lot of oil and gas is produced and they have fires there all the time get this stat so far more than 2,300 fires have consumed about 9,142,900 acres of forest that is far higher than the average number of acres that burn by this point in the season that is usually right now they would expect about 674,000 acres and change to have burned up to this point. Instead, 
Nine million plus. Uh, they think the fires are likely to multiply. Of course, not all parts of the country will be affected. Because Canada's got that Arctic region. That's too cold. And, you know, that's like above. That's where the tree line stops because it's too cold for the trees. And the distribution of the major fires is also unusual. Because you have Alberta way out in the west. All the way to Nova Scotia on the Atlantic coastline. Fun fact, I've actually been to Nova Scotia. We landed there when I was on my way to Afghanistan. and spent the night there. Cold as balls. Uh, by the way, the difference in Alberta to Nova Scotia is three time zones. And all the smoke you saw plaguing the U.S., that is mostly blowing down from areas in Quebec that are not normally associated with major wildfires. So what started this? Well, mostly lightning. Lightning typically sets off about half of Canada's wildfires each season. Those fires are generally the most damaging because they tend to start in remote areas and are difficult for firefighters to access. And those lightning fires account for about 85% of the forest that is burned most seasons. Now, the, uh, the rest of them, pretty much by humanity. Uh, it's usually unintentionally through carelessness. One of Alberta's fires this year started when an AT, an all-terrain vehicle, ATV, burst into flames. And in response, they're trying to close parks and forests and they're banning camping and all outdoor burning, stuff like that. And another way they start is uh, sparks from trains breaking because breaking as in applying the brakes because they have to descend these mountain passes, right? So they're laying on the brakes, sparks start flying, boom. Um. God, you know, in every one of these articles, they have to pay fealty to climate change, you know, right, right away. They're like, how, how has climate change affected this? Like, you know, there's no such thing as a lightning fire before, you know, industrialization in the world. The smoke is already cleared up. So it looks like the crybaby New Yorkers are going to, um, finally, um, stop belly aching, get out of the fetal position and, uh, be able to come out of their, uh, 200 square foot apartments. Oh, by the way, Canada does not have a national wildfire fighting force. They rely on their 10 provinces and three territories. And all the, uh, also, uh, they've got a lot of uh, international firefighters coming up to help. They have over 1,100 firefighters who have traveled to Canada from abroad, including groups from France, Chile, Costa Rica, the United States, Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa, of all things. Did you guys see on social media that the... Uh, South African firefighters were like performing dances and shit. <laughs> like yeah. it was, it was kind of like mixed reviews um, because like a lot of comments were like, uh, guys, you know, we probably got a fire, a, a, a fire to fight here. Maybe we should be doing that instead of dancing. I don't know. But you know, on the other hand, it's dangerous and probably cutting loose and maybe, I don't know, maybe that's how they get each other going. It was controversial on social media. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, how about the air quality? Well, I f pulled this article up because I, it, it kind of compared everything to the world's air pollution, which I thought was, uh, pretty interesting in a pre pandemic study. The world health organization found that 99% of the world's population lived in places that did not meet their guidelines for healthy air quality. And, all kidding aside, bad air can be dangerous, uh, mostly if you're breathing it over a lifetime. So, like, you know, a day or two, 
I saw I saw one like NBC reporter. He he frantically tweeted out. He's like, "Do you guys realize this air in New York is so bad right now? This is the equivalent of smoking six cigarettes in one day." And I was like, "Oh, thick cigarettes, scary." They're, they're such weeders. I God, I cannot stand the media anymore, you guys. I can't take it. Where are there any normal men who go into journalism? They all wonder why they're going out of business. More on that later. Because you hire these sissy boys and these cat ladies, and that's literally 100% of journalists, you guys. There are no more, like, you know, there's some fringe guys that maybe some of you have heard of, like Robert uh, Robert Pelton. You know, he's the guy who goes into war zones, shit like that. You know, Hunter S. Thompson was a journalist. Where are those guys? Instead, we get these just goofy fucking soy boys who living with their cats and their shithole fucking New York City 100 square foot apartment and they eat brunch and do DoorDash and that's all they write about and it's so fucking boring and there's such they've done nothing they've done nothing they went to high school they went to college and then their daddy got them a job uh, making minimum wage writing for the Washington Post that's what we have now you know, and honestly, no, they could not. They would have to offer me like a half a million dollars a year to go work for one of those places. Uh, let me see here. South Asia has nine, sorry, South Asia has nine of the world's ten cities with the worst air, by the way, and uh, for obvious reasons like primitive economies, etc. And in other cases, urban air has improved. Somewhat because of often stuff that nobody sees coming. And you guys can probably guess where I'm going with this. In the pandemic, in Bangkok, New Delhi, other cities, the air in those cities improved noticeably during the coronavirus pandemic. And yes, so you guys will live, the New Yorkers. You know, I, I love how they still like do that, uh, you know, New York. Oh, we're, I'm from fucking New York. We're tough over here. Brooklyn. Like you guys are the biggest pussies ever, dude. Your government like regulates every aspect of your life. You're like worse than California, honestly. Like at least I can have a handgun here. God, I could talk shit about New Yorkers all day. Mostly, the, what bothers me at least Californians they don't pretend they're all like, "Hey, I'm from Cal, I'm from like California, dude. I'm like tough too, bro." Like they don't do that here. What bothers me about the New Yorkers is they're all like soft bitches. But they're like, oh, for, yeah, New York, Queens, the Bronx, yo. You shut up. You're obese. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's do a quick uh, Ukraine uh, rush update. Uh, Zelensky has pretty much confirmed that this is the start of the long-awaited Ukraine spring offensive. Because intense fighting is raging across a wide swath of southeastern Ukraine. Ukrainian forces attacked occupying Russian troops in multiple locations. And uh, both sides, of course, are grappling with that severe flooding caused by the destruction of that major dam on the Dnipro River. Get more into that in a second. But they've they got a, like a, a, a lot of combat going on. Uh, Ukrainian troops have suffered casualties. I don't know if you guys saw one of my a couple of my listeners pointed out that and again, I have to take everything over there with a huge grain of salt, but it does appear that some of those Leopard 2 tanks, you know, that Germany sent have already been like destroyed over there. And um, people are probably gnashing their teeth about that. But of course, this is like a World War II style um, 
the World War One style warfare, like I told you a long time ago, this is trench warfare. You know, you got trenches, bunkers, minefields, concrete tank obstacles, gun emplacements. And then once you get on the flat ground, of course, all the tanks and uh, troops are vulnerable to the artillery. So it's, uh, this is going to be like an inch at a time. And honestly, the whole thing is a human tragedy. Oh, yeah, here we go. The New York Times did verify their writing that at least three German-made Leopard 2 tanks... Did I say Leopold earlier? I might have said Leopold. I meant Leopard. Uh, Leopard 2 tanks and eight American-made Bradley fighting vehicles were recently abandoned by Ukrainian troops and destroyed. And just by coincidence, the Pentagon yesterday, Friday, announced yet another round of military aid to Ukraine, this time worth $2.1 billion. That would be more air defense missiles and artillery shells. Hmm. Let's see. Anything else about this? Now, Pentagon officials, and I don't know why they think this, they are increasingly bullish on Ukraine's prospects for taking back much of the 18% of the country that Russia still occupies. Hmm. I don't know, man. I mean, they've lost a lot of people. I mean, we're, we're going to keep... Op- There's no sign of us or the UK stopping the weapons coming in anytime soon. So I suppose if we just... if they have, As long as they don't run out of dudes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just pretty sad. But what? Uh, let's get more into this uh, dam explosion because this was a big deal. And they think it was an internal blast... A lot of use again, extreme skepticism with that as well. But they are saying that the deliberate explosion inside that Kakovka dam most likely caused its collapse. That's according to engineering and munitions experts who said that yes, structural failure or an attack from outside were possible, but less plausible. Ukrainian officials blamed Russia. Uh, Russia blamed Ukraine. <laughs> Jeez. And for months, each side in the war has repeatedly accused the other of plotting to sabotage that dam, which is a hydroelectric dam, by the way, without offering evidence. As a matter of fact, last week, both, both sides said an attack on the dam was imminent. And Ukrainian officials said the Russians wanted to create an emergency at the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. That power plant does use river water for cooling, so it would need that. Obviously, we're not going to know anything. There's Nobody can get in there and examine it. So, uh, yeah, the uh, head of the state hydroelectric company said in an interview, quote, a missile strike would not cause such destruction because this plant built to withstand an atomic bomb. It's clear there was blasts from inside station and station broke in half, end quote. Uh, even President Volodymyr Zelensky himself wrote on social media, quote, it was mined by the Russian occupiers and they blew it up, end quote. And then our old friend, the Kremlin spokesman, Dmitry Peskov, told reporters, quote, we are talking about deliberate sabotage by Ukrainian side, end quote. So... We really don't know, but experts do say an internal explosion was the likeliest explanation. And the dam was breached at approximately 2.50 a.m. local time. 
they do say it a blast in an, expl- in, in, in an enclosed space with all of its energy applied against the structure around it would do the most damage, which makes sense. Even then, though, they say that would require hundreds of pounds of explosives at least. You know, if, if a bomb like landed from the outside against it, that would be a much, much less force. And it would have to be a huge explosion to have the same effect on it. Okay, and uh, more? Do I have more on the dam? Yeah, well, now it's, you know, half the area is like underwater over there. And it's pretty gnarly. Like, there's just like a lake over there. The destruction of the dam is physically reshaping the front in that war. For example, below the dam, soldiers who had once faced one another in positions a mile or so apart across the river, but they're now separated by miles of flood water. Upstream, the reservoir, which is broad enough to be difficult to see across in some places, is disappearing into mud flats, and now it's turning the whole place into this boggy wasteland. Yeah. They don't think the flood will have any effect on Ukraine's counteroffensive because they say their military never intended to make fighting along the river a major part of this. No, we'll see. Uh, and then back to the Nord Stream. Because a new report came out. You guys remember the Nord Stream pipeline and it blew up under mysterious circumstances? Well, new update headline, Americans were aware of intelligence warning of Ukrainian pipeline attacks. The Washington Post reported on Tuesday that U.S. intelligence agencies learned from a European ally that the Ukrainian military had planned an attack on the Nord Stream pipelines three months before saboteurs bombed the underwater network. And American officials had previously told the New York Times that they believed pro-Ukrainian groups were responsible for the Nord Stream attack. And more recently, if you guys remember this, I covered it, American officials said that the groups loosely directed by Ukraine's government were responsible for a series of covert attacks, including the Nord Stream pipeline attack. But an intelligence summary posted on a Discord server and obtained by the Post showed that U.S. and European allies had reason to believe, even before the September attack, that Ukraine viewed the pipelines as a tempting sabotage target and had specific details about a planned operation using divers and deep water equipment. Um, I don't know, dude. See, in order to believe all of this, you'd have to assume, like, Ukraine's military as of 2014. Remember when Putin seized the Crimean Peninsula? That was 2014, okay? Nine years ago. Their military was completely incompetent nine years ago, like and, and had nothing. So now you're telling me in nine years, the Ukrainian military has advanced to a point where they can conduct deep water sabotage using dive teams and precision-placed explosive devices? I mean, I guess it's possible, but I mean, it took the U.S. military decades and decades to come up with tactics like this. You know, all of our combined you know, joint power that we use you know, using those air assets, uh, special operations assets, conventional military assets, armor. You know, that all takes time and many hard lessons learned and lost to develop. And it takes many, many years. So I, I don't know. I don't know if I buy it. It's Is it possible? I suppose. But again, you know, now we live in an age now where you can't believe anything anymore. So 
Uh, as a matter of fact, somebody wa- uh, somebody asked a goofy National Security Agency spokesman John Kirby about that intelligence. Let's listen to that goofball. Discord leaks. Uh, there's a report in the Washington Post that the U.S. Uh, has reports that uh, Ukrainians were planning an attack on the Nord Stream pipeline. Uh, do you have any comment on the intelligence uh, report of that? And there are also suggestions that Russia may have been responsible for that. You know, why was Russia initially figured point at Russia when the U.S. might have had information that Ukrainians were planning this? So I'm certainly not going to engage in a discussion about uh, intelligence matters here from the podium, specifically with regard to that uh, disclosure or any of the other. And in this of course case, not. Certainly not going to speak to one that the Washington Post even said uh, was not corroborated by U.S. intelligence uh, agencies. Now, I think you know there are three countries conducting an investigation of the Nord Stream sabotage, and we called it sabotage at the moment, Germany, Sweden, and Denmark. Those investigations are ongoing. And again, the last thing that we're going to want to do from uh, this podium is get ahead of those investigations. Yeah, right. I noticed that, I noticed that one of the countries doing the investigation is not us. Hmm. Okay, and then just uh, quickly, a few just side stories that were kind of funny. Did you, see, did you see a fake Putin speech aired in Russia? Yeah, it caused a huge deal over there. It happened on some radio and TV networks, but it was a, it was a speech. It was like a deep fake, and it was uh, it aired in Russia. It was calling. It, it made it seem like Putin was calling for martial law. And this aired on Monday on a number of Russian radio and television networks, and the Kremlin is describing it as a hack. The bogus speech, which was broadcast on the Mir radio station and television networks, said Ukraine had invaded three border regions and urged the residents to evacuate to the Russian heartland. The clip also depicted Putin declaring general mobilization, saying that all of the power of the country needed to be harnessed in order to defeat a, quote, dangerous and insidious enemy, end quote. Uh, so they say this went on for like a half an hour. It's unclear who was behind the fake speech. Again, Dmitry Peskov said that Putin, quote, definitely, end quote, did not record any such emergency address, and he did call it a hack. I, so he said it was on TV. Okay, I don't think this was a TV. Like it wasn't a deep fake of Putin, but it was like a, just a, an audio broadcast. But the broadcast appeared to piece together genuine recordings of Putin's voice to create a realistic spoof. And that coincided with all those attacks along the front line. So people bought it. But uh, yeah, talk about a psychological psyop, dude. Crazy. And uh, then uh, t- two more. Really quick, the United States is now saying that Iran is helping Russia build a drone factory that could be operational by next year. Yeah, you guys know that Russia has repeatedly used Iranian-made drones, and Iran has become a key supplier of military aid to Russia because Moscow is running out of weapons themselves. So this new factory is planned uh, for a place called the Yelabuga region several hundred miles east of Moscow, and that would allow Russia's military to have their own domestically produced source of attack drones. And Iran is providing materials for the plant. Now, they've had, you know, pl- they've had knowledge of the plans of the plant for some time. But um, now it sounds like it's actually starting. An examination of satellite imagery shows a series of new buildings constructed there since 2021 and 
it was classified before this, but now it's in the news because the, the they've declassified inf- that information. And the reason they declassified it is to raise pressure in Iran and make it more difficult for them to um, do business. So watch for that. And then the last one, I'm not going to get into this big time, but it was pretty funny. There's a story on the New York Times, and you guys have all heard about the Nazi symbols on Ukraine's soldiers. And, you know, a lot of you brought it up, you know, you were called like, hey, you know what? Enemy of my enemy is my friend. That sort of shit. We need every swinging dick on the front line. And if it's a guy wearing a Nazi symbol, who cares? You guys have heard of the Azov Battalion. You've heard of all that. And before the war started, this was a huge concern to the United States State Department, among others. But then the war kicked off and that kind of all went out the window. But we are seeing Nazi symbols on Ukraine's front lines. And there's a hilarious story at the New York Times because this is causing problems for the news media, especially the Western news media. Because like they want to glorify these guys, but they keep taking these pictures and running it in their papers. And then some, some Jewish leader will point out like, hey, that guy's wearing like a fucking Hitler patch. <laughs> it's really, really awkward. If you guys want to go read the whole thing, uh, it's titled Nazi Symbols on Ukraine's Front Lines Highlight Thorny Issues of History. Yeah, thorny issues indeed. Uh, any, th- any really quotes in here? Um, let me see. Ukraine has worked for years through legislation and military restructuring to contain a fringe far-right movement whose members proudly wear symbols steeped in Nazi history and espouse views hostile to leftists, oh no, LGBTQ movements, etc. But some members of those groups have been fighting Russia since the Kremlin took Crimea in 2014, and now they're part of the military. So you see uh, some stuff, skull and crossbones patch that was worn by concentration camp guards. And there's also a symbol known as the black sun, which you see regularly. The soldiers who wear it, some of them say the imagery symbolizes Ukrainian sovereignty and pride, not Nazism. But they are wearing them. But uh, it's, uh, it's, it's left, the New York Times writes, it's left diplomats, Western journalists, and advocacy groups in a difficult position. Yeah. Calling attention to the iconogra- iconography risks playing into Russia propaganda. Saying nothing allows it to spread. Yep. Yeah, as a matter of fact, in April, Ukraine's defense ministry posted a photograph on their Twitter account of a soldier wearing a patch featuring a skull and crossbones known as the Totenkopf. Or death's head. That was the uh, death symbol that the concentration camp guards used to wear. That's great. Oh, journalists. You'll just have to get over that. Okay, so that's all I got, you guys. Let's keep going. Let's go to France. See that stabbing in France? You see the video of that? That fucking nut running around the playground, like, stabbing kids? Yeah, it was a knife-wielding man. He stabbed four children and two adults at a park and a playground in southeastern France on Thursday. Attack shocked the country. President Emmanuel Macron himself weighed in, and he called it, quote, absolutely cowardly, end quote. And they said the suspect is a Syrian asylum seeker who arrived in France last fall. This took place in the city of Annecy, a city of about 130,000 people in the French Alps. Um, these wounded are hospitalized. Sounds like they're pretty severely hurt. So far, they're not treating it as like 
you know, Islamic terrorism. Apparently the guy yelled something about Jesus Christ, something like that. I mean, these are, but these are tiny kids. Like we're talking 22 months to three years old. Uh, very, very fragile condition. Attack occurred just before 10 a.m. Uh, Let's see here. Yeah. The guy who filmed it said the uh, guy ran towards him. The assailant was being chased by the police. The attacker rushed up to an older man nearby and stabbed him. Oh, this is, here we go. You know, I should, it's predictable, isn't it? The prime minister said that the suspect was homeless. Yeah, all right, see? Oh, he had obtained refugee status in Sweden a decade ago. He had applied for asylum in France, but was refused because he had already applied in Sweden. He got refugee status. So what the hell is he doing in France? See, these guys don't care. They don't want to be part of your country. They just want to be out of where they are, and they don't care where it is. Uh, they say the suspect had no criminal record, had never been flagged by French intelligence services, no known psychiatric disorders. Initial tests found the suspect did not appear to have been under the influence of alcohol or drugs at the time. The assailant was armed with a single switchblade knife. Hmm. Some French media report that the suspect had told French asylum authorities that he was a Christian and that he was wearing a cross at the time of the attack, so... Yeah, that's a, definitely a new wrinkle. And uh, you guys probably saw, if you saw it on social media, you saw that dude with the backpack. They're calling him the backpack hero. He tried to, like, you know, protect the kids and chase after the guy. The backpack hero was a 24-year-old man known only as Henri. I always love that name in French. H-E-N-R-I. Henri. But uh, very good. Anything other than that? Oh, there, here's a, one more tab open. He has been charged with murder, attempted murder. Uh, an update on the health. Oh, okay, this is good. They say that all six victims of the attack are no longer in life-threatening conditions. So, oh, this guy also, here's, here's some more in information about the dude. They don't name him. He did uh, obtain asylum in Sweden. He lived there for 10 years. He still has a three-year-old child there. And they did confirm he was wearing a cross necklace and carrying other Christian symbols as well as uh, 480 euros. It's not a small sum. It's about 500 bucks U.S. Witnesses heard him mention his ex-wife, his daughter, and Jesus Christ during the assault. Yeah, it sounds like this guy just snapped, dude. Okay, let's go to uh, something more amusing. Let's go to Australia. God, there's always some weird shit going on in Australia. Here's a good one. An Auckland nurse has been accused of masturbating and touching the nipples of a tetraplegic patient while he was half asleep, according to a tribunal there. Uh, by the way, if you guys didn't know, uh, it, is that you're one, I know what you're thinking right now. You're like, what the hell does tetraplegic mean? We know what paraplegic is. We know what quadriplegic is. Well... I admit it got me too. I had never really heard the term, but tetraplegic is basically the same thing as quadriplegic, where somebody is basically paralyzed from at least the upper chest down. Uh, I don't, sometimes doctors will say tetraplegia instead of quadriplegia. I don't know. It's, it's like finance. You know, they use like 50 different terms to say the same shit. 
Sometimes that happens in medicine too. Not not nearly as often, but in this case, it, it does. Okay, so a little bit about this nurse who was jacking it. Uh, he is a male, and the victim is also a male. So it's alleged that this happened a while ago, but it's just now coming before a board. This actually happened starting back in 2019. The nurse is known only as Mr. S. So it's alleged, 2019, Mr. S was providing care to a man known as Mr. A. Mr. A, the aforementioned tetraplegic, was living in a community health facility at the time. So it's alleged that while Mr. A was sleeping, Mr. S came into his room to change the dressing on a pressure wound. Mr. A was aware that he was changing the bandage, and he rolled over to assist him. He described himself as half asleep during this time. So the nurse changed the dressing. He began to check Mr. A's groin to see if there was any leakage from his catheter tube. Mr. A said sure, and then kind of fell back asleep. And then Mr. A alleges he was sexually assaulted. He said he heard a smooching, kissing sound and felt Mr. S playing with his nipples and his genitals. And he said, that's when I woke up. S is denying all of this. Now, here's the wrinkle, which I wasn't even going to do this story, but this, this jumped out at me. Mr. A, this is the victim, he then told the tribunal that this was not the first time Mr. S had masturbated him. It had happened once before with consent. Hmm. Okay. Several questions here. <laughs> so I'm going to be, guys, you know, I'm a combat medic, a paramedic. I don't, I don't know a lot about paralysis. So yes, I'm going to plead ignorance on this one. When he says he pleasured himself before, or when Mr. S pleasured Mr. A, so if you're paralyzed from the upper chest area or neck down, you're quadriplegic, right? For the, using the term we're all familiar with. Does your penis get erect? I know, that sounds remarkably stupid of me. I'm not ashamed to admit what I don't know. Does your penis get, does a quadriplegic's penis, can it get erect? And can it orgasm physically? Can he finish is my question. Now, just because he did it before and he said he consented to it doesn't mean he either got erect or finished. Perhaps Mr. S just wanted to play with a little shaft. Not unreasonable, I would think. But I'm just curious. That piques my curiosity. I know I have, I know I have a lot of you medical doctors listening to me. Please enlighten me on this one. So if a guy can't move his fucking legs or his arms or anything else, can his dick get hard? I mean, I would think no, right? Because how can those nerve signals travel up to the brain if the spinal cord is damaged? But again, maybe Mr. S just wanted to take the old fucking uh, inchworm and throw it around his hand a little bit, you know? Maybe make the guy feel good. And he consented to it. And he said, sure, why not? If he's consenting to it, if you couldn't feel anything, would you just be like, yeah, dude, I don't fucking care. Go ahead. You can actually bang me if you want. Because, again, I'm quadriplegic. I won't feel anything anyway. So you can fucking flip me over, throw on the old, uh, yeah, get out the old uh, KY, fucking bore me out like a stuck pig. I don't care. I won't feel shit. I'm just, I'm going down a road that I did not intend to go down. But, uh, you know, somebody has to ask these questions. 
Again, the news media is far too delicate to put that in there. Okay. Uh, let's go here. Uh, quickly, not too much about this. Did you guys see the uh, Live Golf PGA merger? Boy, those guys who took the money, man, those dudes are fucking gloating hard. So if you guys didn't know, basically, you know, the Live Golf was a Saudi Arabia back thing, and I'll get into that in a second. But they started their own professional golf league. And then a couple big names like Brooks Kepka, Phil Mickelson, they decided they were going to go play for Live Golf because Live Golf was like, we're going to give you $200 million just to come play, not even if you win. And um, and all the PGA guys were like, oh, how dare you, traitor? How, how, how could you leave the PGA? And that included the commissioner of the PGA, which is relevant. The commissioner of the PGA was like, how could you do this? How you sell out like that? Well, they and reports are they offered Tiger Woods something like six hundred fucking million dollars just to show up and play, and he turned it down. Well, Phil Mickelson is wearing the "I told you so" smirk because Phil Mickelson they offered him two hundred million dollars, which he accepted, and he had to listen to everybody talk shit. But now the two leagues have merged anyway, and Phil Mickelson has two hundred million extra dollars that he otherwise wouldn't have had. And all that stuff about like, oh, how could you do this from the PGA commissioner? He's the guy who brokered the deal. I just thought that was so funny. So those dudes who took the money and had to be called all those names, they're laughing all the way to the bank because they got a lot, most, if not all of the money, they've already gotten the money without having, and now they're going to play in the PGA anyway. That fucking kills me, dude. Uh, but a little bit about this. Um, yeah, they, they really... The commissioner of the PGA is Jay Monahan, and when when these guys went and played, he's like he was hinting at Saudi government's human rights violations, all that shit. But then this week, Monahan is up there smiling away with the head of the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund to announce that the PGA Tour and Live Golf were coming into a partnership. He even said, "quote I recognize that people are going to call me a hypocrite, but circumstances do change." End quote. And yeah, I think I might have told you this, guys, but this is all about Saudi Arabia. They're trying to become a huge influence in the sporting world. You saw they offered Cristiano Ronaldo, the soccer player, they offered him fucking hundreds of millions of dollars. They were trying to offer Lionel Messi, the other soccer player, hundreds of millions of dollars. And apparently Messi didn't work on him. He's coming to play in America. But uh, man, they, they just have bottomless fucking money. So, uh, yeah, this is all due to the Sovereign Wealth Fund, and that's what this Sovereign Wealth Fund is all about, is to basically put Saudi Arabia on the world stage as far as sport and culture and, you know, dominate the world. So, just a quick side. And, and like, so, so what is that, and how did it come about? It's a $700 billion investment fund. And... It has set its sights on tourism, job creation, private equity, and yes, now golf. And it's called the Public Investment Fund, or PIF. And it invests those funds in companies, real estate, other ventures, domestically and globally, to generate profits for the benefit of the Saudi economy. It's been around this fund since 1971 by royal decree. And it has its headquarters in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and offices in Hong Kong, London, and New York. And it has grown rapidly in recent years. Now, is it the biggest one in the world? It is not. They have something called the Sovereign Wealth Fund Institute, 
which measures um, basically countries' funds for this kind of, like a wealth fund, right? You know who's got the biggest one in the world? How about Norway? I know, right? Norway's fund currently manages $1.4 trillion U.S., and uh, its leader is a guy named uh, the the PIF in Saudi Arabia. The leader is a guy named Yasir Al Rumayan. He is a former governor, one time banker, chairman of Saudi Aramco. But the real power, of course, is Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. He chairs the Public Investment Funds Board. So watch for that in the future. They're trying to dominate all this shit. So all you guys in the sporting and entertainment world, man, fucking might as well take a check, right? A quick drink of my water to soothe the old wheezing here. Uh, let's do another fun story. This uh, came out in Live Science. And uh, they decided to do a little story about primates and masturbation. And they came to the conclusion that primates have been masturbating for at least 40 million years. Yeah, to the ancestor of all monkeys and apes. This is according to brand new research. Uh, the study researchers found that masturbation is an ancient trait in primates and speculated that it may drive reproductive success. Um, so scientists in the past have assumed masturbation in primates was an aberrant activity produced by like stress, you know, boredom, high libido. But Primates are often masturbating when willing partners are around. Oh, man. Just, we're no better than apes, you guys. It's the same shit, right? You have a girlfriend. You have a wife. Every once in a while, you dudes, do you step into the bathroom, take a shower, and get in a good jack sesh? Thinking about the uh, big titty mom down your street? I'm sure you do. And I'm sure you ladies do. You ladies have the husband, you know? But do you, you know, take a shower, an extra long shower every once in a while? Thinking about the uh, the fucking hot 24-year-old dude on those Bachelor that you've been watching with the abs and the schlong entering you? I bet you do. <laughs> so, anyway, long article at uh, LiveScience.com. You guys go do that. But, um, yeah, these... What do these guys do? They basically created a huge data set of primate masturbation using hundreds of publications observations from zookeepers and primatologists and um, their findings published June 7th showed that within captive primates, okay, these are guys in zoos, 74% of females and 87% of males pleasured themselves. In wild populations, 35% of females and 73% of males exhibited this behavior. And then they decided, well, this is, they used other means and study, and they found out this has been going on for a really long time. So that's, that's great. Okay, uh, let's keep going. All right, guys, let's go to the big story. I know you're waiting for it. Let's go to the orange man. Oh, boy. You, got, you know, this is important. I'm going to preface this by saying this. You guys are going to be upset with me. And what I say here is going to, be opposite of all the right-wing goons that you've been reading. Remember the Stormy Daniels thing? I said that was absurd. This is ridiculous. And it, and it was. 
This is not Stormy Daniels, you guys. This is a federal prosecution, and this is fucking multiple felony indictments. Try 38 felony counts by the federal government. This is not nothing. This is big. And I don't see how he obviously did it because he's so fucking stupid. He goes out, and not only does he not keep his mouth shut, not only did he not cooperate when they came around the first time saying, hey, can we get in there and just get those documents back? Didn't cooperate, tried to hide shit, and then was on tape bragging about hiding shit. And then he was on tape bragging about showing people with no security clearance the classified materials. So he fucked himself because he's stupid, because he's in, he's got this need. Like, it's not good enough for him to be the billionaire, world-famous celebrity former president. That's not good enough. At all times, every second of his life, he he needs people around him going, wow, you're so cool. Like, dude, I already said, like, dude, you've got the one thing that no other billionaire has. You guys know what that is, right? Because there's a lot of billionaires. Trump goes out, sees Jeff Bezos, right? You know what fucking Bezos doesn't have and never will have? See if you guys can think of what I'm talking about. Jeff Be- Trump has something that Jeff Bezos will never have. Oh, I shouldn't say will never, but it's unlikely. He can't buy it. You cannot buy it. It has to be given to you. Do you know what I'm talking about? Secret service protection for the rest of your life. You have federal agents protecting you for the rest of your life. Jeff Bezos never going to have that. Bill Gates never going to have that. Like, that's the ultimate, dude. And you'd think that would be enough. Secret service, former president, celebrity, film star, TV star, billionaire. Not enough for him. No, he's got to go into the shitter and pull out a fucking classified document and show some goofball. (laughs) He's so stupid. Okay, let me get into the story, and then you guys can yell at me about how I'm wrong. But yes, federal prosecutors laid out their case, 38-count indictment, saying he mishandled classified documents, including some involving sensitive nuclear programs and others that detailed the country's potential vulnerabilities to military attack, after leaving office and then obstructed the government's efforts to reclaim them. And again, when that first came out, the story, excuse me, when this story first came out, everybody's debating like, well, can he disclassify, can he declassify these? The debatable, but probably a lot of times, yeah, he could have. But that has nothing to do with him showing people with no clearance the classified materials. And, it, and you can say, like, well, he can declassify them all he wants, but he didn't follow the protocol. And then he and then the idiot was on tape saying, oh, yeah, I could have declassified them, but I didn't. More on that in a second. And then you can also say, like, well, Joe Biden did the same thing. Hillary Clinton did the same thing. Yes, very good. But that doesn't mean that he didn't do that. So if you want to go after Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton, you had a chance to, and you didn't do it. And then Trump, remember when he was running for president? He said, when I'm president, he's talking about Hillary Clinton. He's like, we're going to have processes in place to secure classified material because Hillary Clinton had that secret server and all the deleted emails, blah, 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 blah. Did he do anything? Did he appoint a special counsel to go after her? No, he didn't. This is all self-inflicted. <laughs> uh, let me see here. And then the indictment names one of his personal aides, a guy named Walt Nauta, as a co-conspirator who assisted in obstructing the investigation into his former president's Retention of sensitive defense documents at his residence and resort in Florida, known as Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, here we go. In another incident, he was recorded on tape um, 
in September of 2021, sharing a top secret military map with a staffer at his political action committee who did not have a security clearance. And prosecutors presented evidence that Trump shared a highly sensitive, quote, plan of attack, end quote, against Iran to visitors at his golf club in New Jersey in July of 2021 and was recorded on tape describing the material as, quote, highly confidential and secret, end quote, while admitting it had not been declassified. So he's got to appear in federal district court in Miami on Tuesday afternoon. Judge Aileen Cannon, that's that chick who has given Trump a few favorable rulings. But this is the first time Trump has faced federal charges, dude. And just a quick um, backstory, a couple other things. This goes back to the end of Mr. Trump's term to January of 2021, when the documents, many of which were said to be in the White House residence, were packed into boxes along with clothes, photographs, other shit. And shipped by the general service of his administration to his private club, Mar-a-Lago. Uh, then also, two of his lawyers have left his legal team and will no longer represent him in a documents case. Yeah, I don't fucking blame him because this is an open and shut case. Lawyers don't want to be known as the guy who lost. The, the only chance he has if he gets a floor, luckily it's in Florida. I'll give him that. If this was in D.C. or New York in a federal court, he'd be fucking done. The only shot he has is to get a bunch of people on the jury who love him and decide they're just not going to go for it. That's it. And all these people you guys are listening to saying this is bullshit. He's innocent. No, it's not bullshit. And no, he's not innocent. He they laid out. Did go read? Go read it for yourself. I'm begging you. And I'm going to read some excerpts for you. They laid it out in extraordinary detail. And so anybody you hear, all these right-wingers that you guys love to listen to and all these fucking dipshits. I, remember, BK was right about a bunch of stuff. Remember, BK was right when I said Trump lost the election, when all those stupid idiots you guys listened to said he didn't. BK was also right about January 6th, when all the stupid idiots were like, no, this is patriotism. I was right about that too. And I, both the times I got attacked mercilessly. I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. I'm here to tell you the truth and what I think is going to happen. And I'm always right because the steel trap mind just is always right. So let's listen to the special counsel bringing the charges, special counsel for the Justice Department, Jack Smith. I'm going to play this whole thing about two and a half minutes long. Let's listen. Good afternoon. Today, an indictment was unsealed, charging Donald J. Trump with felony violations of our national security laws, as well as participating in a conspiracy to obstruct justice. This indictment was voted by a grand jury of citizens in the Southern District of Florida. And I invite everyone to read it in full to understand the scope and the gravity of the crimes charged. The men and women of the United States intelligence community and our armed forces dedicate their lives to protecting our nation and its people. Our laws that protect national defense information are critical to the safety and security of the United States, and they must be enforced. Violations of those laws put our country at risk. Adherence to the rule of law 
is a bedrock principle of the Department of Justice. And our nation's commitment to the rule of law sets an example for the world. <coughs> Excuse me. We have one set of laws in this country, and they apply to everyone. Well, we know that's bullshit, but Applying those laws, collecting facts, that's what determines the outcome of an investigation. Nothing more and nothing less. The prosecutors in my office are among the most talented and experienced in the Department of Justice. They have investigated this case hewing to the highest ethical standards, and they will continue to do so as this case proceeds. It's very important for me to note that the defendants in this case must be presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law. To that end, my office will seek a speedy trial in this matter, consistent with the public interest and the rights of the accused. We very much look forward to presenting our case to a jury of citizens in the Southern District of Florida. In conclusion, I would like to thank the dedicated public servants of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, with whom my office is conducting this. Okay, yeah, we get the point. We don't need to listen to you suck off the FBI. Uh, yes, let's. Uh, I have a few tabs open on this. I'm gonna just. I'm, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but yes. A lot of this, again, he shot himself in the foot. Because if you saw what happened with Joe Biden, right, and Mike Pence, they both had classified material, right? But those guys, the FBI showed up, and they're like, yeah, we think you have classified materials. And they're like, oh, shit, okay, yeah, go look and take it. And you could argue, you could definitely make the argument, well, just possession of it is a, is a major crime, and so he should be charged too. You could make that argument. But the fact is that they cooperated. And a lot of what's going on with Trump is he didn't. And that's why he's being charged with obstruction of justice. Uh, Here we go. Prosecutors say they've assembled evidence showing that Trump willfully ignored the May 2022 subpoena requiring him to return everything belonging to the National Archives. And then... The evidence shows that Trump took extraordinary steps to obstruct the FBI and grand jury because he's like a fucking child. Like, no, those are my papers, Mr. In the hours before Trump's lawyer visited his Mar-a-Lago estate to search for documents in a storage room and attempt to comply with that subpoena, Trump then told Nauta, that uh, aide of his, to move 64 of the boxes out of that storage room because he maintained that they were his property. See, Trump told one of his lawyers, according to the indictment, quote, I don't want anybody looking through my boxes. I really don't, end quote. And the indictment says in April 2021, Trump's employees needed to move dozens of boxes from a ballroom space. They were converting to office space. And one aide texted to the other, there is still a little room in the shower where his other stuff is. And then soon after, the boxes were hauled to a small bathroom right next to the banquet room and piled up nearly to the tiny chandelier next to the toilet. That's the famous picture. By the way, side note, who's got a chandelier in their fucking bathroom? Very weird. All of those, you guys have all seen the famous picture. Top secret documents stored so sloppily they spilled out onto the floor. The files were marked with restrictive five eyes classification markings. That means they could only be viewed by officials with top security clearances issued by the U.S. and our closest allies. And uh, and another piece of evidence against Mr. Trump, according to his lawyer's words, 
Trump and the lawyer discussed what to do with a folder of 38 documents with classification markings. The lawyer said Mr. Trump made a plucking motion that implied, hey, why don't you take them with you to your hotel room, and if there's anything really bad in there, like, you know, pluck it out. That could prove that he knew he was holding on to sensitive documents. Authorized people without appropriate security clearances to vet them, rather than just bringing them back to the archives. Uh, And again, he was recorded showing off those U.S. secret U.S. battle plans. Uh, Trump said, quote, see, as president, I could have declassified it. Then he added, now I can't, you know, but this is still a secret, end quote. See, there it is. Look what a big man I am. (laughs) According to the indictment, that secret military map he shared with a staffer, The former president suggested the military operation in an unnamed country was not going well. He showed the map to the staff member, but according to the indictment, warned the person, quote, not to get too close, end quote. In these interactions, he seemed to be less interested in the content of the material than the fact that they had been, quote, presented to me, end quote. See, look what I have. Here we go. He asked one visitor, quote, isn't it amazing? End quote. (laughs) One of the Trump's lawyers is a key witness now. That would be M. Evan Corcoran. Why do lawyers do that? I've asked this before. Why do lawyers do that stupid idiot thing where they initialize their first name? So Corcoran kept a lot of notes. He found himself in the position of pressuring his client into doing both the lawful and self-protective thing by returning the documents to the government. And that's why they're pissed that Trump and Nauta moved those boxes around. Again, like I said, Corcoran said, hey, let's go through these boxes before they went through them. That's when Trump said, hey, let's get these boxes out of here so my lawyer doesn't get to go through those. And it's all documented. Um, let's see here. 49 page. It's not a long indictment, you guys. Go read it yourself. 38 counts. Uh, let's see here. Blah, blah, blah. Yep, Trump and her allies are trying to say this is politically motivated. It's not going to work. It's just not going to work. Now, you can, and I'm, I'm sympathetic to the argument that this is a, you know, what Jack Smith said. We treat everybody under the law. No, you don't. James Comey famously didn't prosecute Hillary Clinton because he hated Trump and wanted him to lose. He pretty much admitted that. Yes, and that sucks, but... You didn't have the FBI. You didn't have an FBI director that you had. You controlled. You didn't have a DOJ that you controlled at the time. There's nothing you can do about that. But then you became president, and you could have done something about it. What did you do? You did nothing. Nothing. Uh, I have a few more here. I'm just skipping through this uh, really quickly. If you guys want, if, if you don't want to go through the whole indictment, I strongly suggest... There's a New York Times article where they highlight stuff, right? And tell you what it means. That article is titled, The Trump Classified Documents Indictment Annotated. So if you don't want to go through the whole thing, it's very helpful. They highlight the actual pages of the document and then off to the side, they write why it's relevant. Um, For example, sorry, I got my throat. It's starting to really like ache here. So um, <clears throat> I just want to uh, 
get through it. So yeah, so on page three, there is an A, B, C, D, and E section. And this is this lays out the five specific actions by Mr. Trump that the DOJ says were illegal obstruction. One, suggesting that his attorney falsely represents the FBI and grand jury that Trump did not have the documents. Two, B, rather, directing defendant Walton Nauta to move boxes of documents to conceal them from the Trump attorney, the FBI, and the grand jury. Already talked about that. C, suggesting that his attorney hide or destroy documents. That's the plucking incident. D, providing to the FBI and grand jury just some of the documents called for by the grand jury subpoena while claiming that he was cooperating fully when knowing he wasn't. That's, again, obstruction. And E, causing a certification to be submitted to the FBI and grand jury falsely representing that all documents called for by the grand jury subpoena had been produced while knowing, in fact, not all documents had been produced. Again, obstruction. Uh, kind of talks about Nauta. Um, yeah, very, very informative, informative. I highly, highly recommend it. This is damning, you guys. Yeah, and again, this has nothing to do with me liking Trump or not. I've, You guys know, you've been listening to me out throughout the years. I, I used to love, I used to laugh at Trump. He's hilarious. I love the tweets. I loved how he blasted the fake news media. I like how he did stuff and tried to stop the illegal alien invasion at the southern border. This has nothing to do with that. Has nothing to do with a personal. This is, I'm just telling you the likely odds. There's no way. It's, he's so busted. <laughs> so there's no like, oh, well, this is, uh, you know, these Republicans, these House Republicans, Speaker McCarthy, he can squeal all they want. They've got the goods on him. And it all, the stupidest thing ever is it all could have been prevented. All of it. He could have said, oh, shit, did I take those documents? Well, why don't you come over? Here's, here's, here's all the boxes. Take whatever you want. I don't care. I'm a f- world famous billionaire who's beloved by a shit uh, millions and millions of people all over the world, and I got hot bitches around, and I got a billion dollars and a private jet and a secret service detail, and I'm world famous. I don't care. My life is pretty awesome. Take whatever you want. No, he didn't do any of that. And then the dummy fucking again because he has to have people suck him off constantly. Is showing them to a political action committee aide, and he's being taped because why? That's the thing I couldn't really track down is the taping. I didn't want to like look into it, Marn. I didn't care that much. But as I've told you a hundred times, Trump has surrounded himself with horrible people. He's made that was his biggest flaw as a person and a politician. He hired terrible people. We all remember what Scaramucci, Michael Cohen. Michael Flynn. I know some of you guys like him, but the fact is he did a lot of dumb shit and now he's really gone completely insane with his whole like religious crusade or whatever. He just hired not smart, dumb people because he hired people who would suck him off instead of telling him what he needed to hear. Like if he had hired me, I wouldn't have lasted one day because I would have been like, look, you fucking goof. If you don't fucking let them come and get these boxes of shit out of your bathroom, you are going to prison. Do you fucking get that? You giant fucking retard. I'm sorry. I know some of you guys don't like that word. It's the only word I ever apologize for, but he is. He's just stupid. He thinks he's invincible. You're not. 
I don't know. So just just be prepared. Unless a jury just he gets a bunch of like QAnon folk from Southern Florida on the jury, and they just decide, you know what, we're going to send a message because Hillary Clinton didn't go to jail, and Joe Biden isn't going to jail, and Mike Pence isn't going to jail. So we're going to send a message that this is a two-tier system, and we're going to vote not guilty. Jury nullification. If that happens, he better be praying for that to happen. That's the only, because all of the physical evidence and all of this indictment lays out exactly what he did, and it's backed up by not only his lawyer, but the doofus's own words on tape. How do you get around that? How do you plead not guilty to that? Yep, so, oh wait, I do have a tab on the recording. I want to see, like, yeah, let me see here, um... Let's see. I'm just looking at this recording. You guys know this recording that he had was that's been reported as being around for a while. Um, and that's the problem. This a lot of this was recorded at a place in uh, July 2021, right? This at this meeting in July of 2021, officials at the National Archives had already spent at least two months pressing Trump's reps to return those documents, right? And the transcript of that reporting recording demonstrates that Trump not only was aware he had it, but he had it with him at the club in Bedminster, New Jersey, where this meeting took place, and that he knew he no longer had the power to declassify the material. <laughs> um, let's see here. I'm just looking, blah, 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 blah. At one point, here's a funny aside. At one point, Trump was interrupted on a recording and a woman in the room could be heard on a recording referencing Hillary Clinton, the former Secretary of State whose email server Trump had used an attack line during the 2016 presidential campaign. Trump said Mrs. Clinton would send material to, quote, Anthony Weiner, that pervert, end quote, referring to that former congressman. And uh, so, again, he asserted, hey, while I was still present, I declassified all of this. Therefore, it's mine. That's the defense he's going to go with, right? But again, on the recording, he undercut himself. Quote, as president, I could have declassified them. Now I can't, end quote. That certainly sounds to me like he never did class declassify them. And now that he can't, it doesn't say anything about who recorded it. Again, nice friends. Uh, and then just quickly. What is an indictment? Because I know a lot of, you know, I, I know I hate podcasts where they assume the audience knows a lot of stuff. I try not to do that with you guys beyond just a basic measure of intelligence. But uh, what, what is an indictment? Because some of you younger people might have no fucking idea. You're like, is that a criminal charge or what? Well, no, it's not. It's a formal accusation. It can be federal or state. It's among the first moves a prosecutor can make to bring a case to trial. So, when a person is indicted in a criminal court in the U.S., it means that a grand jury composed of residents chosen at random believe there was enough evidence to charge that person with a crime. Such panels are generally convened by judges at the request of prosecutors. They meet up for weeks. They hear all this evidence. The judge is not present during these grand jury proceedings. Jurors are able to ask the witnesses questions. 
And unlike a criminal trial where a, gr- where a jury has to reach a unanimous verdict, a grand jury can issue an indictment with a simple majority. Now, grand jurors hear evidence and testimony only from prosecutors and the witnesses they choose to present. They do not hear from the defense or the person accused, unlike in a criminal trial, right? So that one-sided arrangement can often lead uh, defense lawyers to minimize indictments and argue that prosecutors can easily persuade jurors to indict. You guys have all heard the old saying, prosecutor can, I could get a grand jury to indict in ham sandwich. You guys have all heard that before. So yeah, the exact charges are under seal. That's typical. They will not be revealed the exact chart. We just know there are 38 felony counts, right? The exact charges will not be revealed until he is brought in for a formal arraignment. Again, he's supposed to do that on Tuesday. Okay. There you go. And then Trump responded. Let's wrap this up by hearing from Trump. And he made a four-minute-long video. Let's play some of it. It's a million views so far. Sadly, we're a nation in decline, and yet they go after a popular president, a president that got more votes than any sitting president in the history of our country, by far, and did much better the second time in the election than the first. Yeah, that's irrelevant. They go after him on a boxer's hoax. Just like the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. Not a hoax. We see the pictures of the boxes. Seven years. They can't stop (coughs) because it's election interference at the highest level. There's never been anything like what's happened. Never seen anything like it. I'm an innocent man. I'm an innocent person. Uh, They had the Mueller hoax, the Mueller report, and that came out. No collusion after two and a half years. That was set up by Hillary Clinton and Democrats. But this is what they do. This is what they do so well. If they would devote their energies to honesty and integrity, it would be a lot better for our country. They could do a lot better. They could do a lot of great things. But when you look at what's happened to our country in the last three years, we were energy independent. We had a strong military that wasn't woke. We were doing so well. We were respected all over the world. We got the biggest tax cuts in history, biggest regulation cuts in history. Yeah, your resume is now, irrelevant. You, do, you have a president where an election was taken, got more votes than any sitting president yeah, in history said that. by far, never anything even close. And they come after me because now we're leading in the polls again by a lot against Biden and against the Republicans by a lot. But we're leading against Biden by a lot, a tremendous amount. And we went up to a level that they figure the way they're going to stop us is by using what's called warfare. And that's what it is. This is warfare for the law. And we can't let it happen. We can't let it happen. Our country is going to hell. And they come after Donald Trump, weaponizing the Justice Department, weaponizing the FBI. We can't let this continue to go on because it's ripping our country to shreds. We have such big problems, and this shouldn't be one of them. It's a hoax. The whole thing is a hoax. All right, all right. This is, I, mean, I can't stop. All right, yes. The Russia thing was a hoax. We know that. I said that many times. It was bullshit. A lot of stuff that they brought up against him was bullshit. This is not. Sorry. It's all right there. Do you think they made up that picture? All those pictures of classified, the documents of classified markings spilled across the shitter floor? Was that Photoshop? This is like real evidence. And, um, I did want to address something quickly that you mentioned there. 
can he still run for president? Yes, he can. Even if he was convicted of a felony, Trump can still run for president. Uh, now, this is... Uh, <sighs> That that's but that's a problem. It's like he could literally run for president, win, and if he was in jail, he would be president in jail. Which brings up, okay, how's the Secret Service involved and in, in other interesting things? Um, but it's something some similar stuff has happened before. I think I've mentioned a few of these. Remember the 1920, Eugene Debs ran as a Socialist Party nom- nominee, and he was sitting in prison for an Espionage Act conviction. Uh, and uh, 2016. Remember Rick Perry, the former governor of Texas, he ran in a Republican tri- primary after he was indicted on charges of abuse of power. By sheer coincidence, those charges were dismissed after he dropped out of the race. Now, the Justice Department has in the past taken the position that even indicting a president while in office would be unconstitutional because it would inf- interfere with his ability to perform duties as head of the executive branch. But that's if you're a sitting president. So what if you haven't been elected president yet? Or then what if you have been convicted and then become the president? You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> funny. Uh, what a time to be alive. There you go, guys. That was your rundown. I hope you enjoyed it. And again, you know, a lot of stuff about Trump I've always liked and always will like. But he is a fucking big dummy, which I've said a hundred times. And he's got this thirst It's a fucking bottomless hole inside him, a thirst for the respect and the adulation and the, uh, the, the knowledge that you're the big guy, you're the number one and he needs it fucking constantly. Even though, as I said repeatedly, he's got everything else somebody could hope for. Former president of the fucking United States, dude. And that's not good enough for you. No, you got to show some political hack staffer, making 40 grand a year. You got to show him a secret, highly classified battle plan map because he has to be deeply impressed by you. All right, we'll see how it plays out. Anything else? Let's keep going. I hope you enjoyed that. All right. Uh, Speaking of electoral stuff, let's move on. Uh, Former president of Brazil, Jair Bolsonaro, he's going on trial this month on charges that he abused his power as president to make baseless attacks against Brazil's election systems. See, they don't have the first amendment down there. If he is convicted, he would be ineligible to run for office for eight years. This case is scheduled to start on June 22nd. A panel of seven judges in Brazil's electoral court will decide the case. So a rival political party has accused him of abusing the office of the presidency When less than three months ahead of Brazil's election last year, he summoned foreign diplomats to a meeting and made false claims about the country's voting systems and broadcast those remarks on state television. The sole punishment they are seeking in that case is to make him ineligible to run for office so he would not um, have any jail time. Uh, A couple other stories in international. Haiti. Yes. Shit, I mentioned Afghanistan was the asshole of the world. I don't know, man. Might be Haiti. Haiti's probably worse in a lot of ways. But uh, at least 42 people are dead in Haiti and thousands are displaced after flooding. The heavy rain fell mostly last Saturday and Sunday, 
flooded more than 13,000 homes, displacing people across Haiti. 11 are still missing. Uh, what else about Haiti? Yeah, this wasn't even a cyclone or a tropical storm. This is just a shitload of rain. In Port-au-Prince alone, the capital, 19 people died. 4,500 homes in Port-au-Prince are in danger due to flooding. Okay. Uh, I had this uh, last week, but I, I don't know if I got, I don't remember if I got to it or not. Uh, they have a new Rwandan genocide guy standing trial. This is a UN tribunal at The Hague. And uh, they got this guy, Felician Kabuga. And he's the guy who's accused of encouraging and bankrolling the 1994 genocide in Rwanda. Again, I've recommended this book. Go read Machete Season if you want to read about that. Yeah, he's uh, accused of encouraging it and um, bankrolling the killing of the Tutsi minority in Rwanda. His trial began last year, nearly three decades after the massacre that left 800,000 people dead. And remember, that was 800,000 almost totally by hand using knives and machetes, and it was in like three fucking months. Like, as I've said a few times, that's a higher rate than the Germans managed in World War II, even with the ovens. Um, anyway, they are now declaring him unfit to continue standing trial because he has dementia. So, but the, the UN judges are saying they would establish a procedure to hear evidence without the possibility of convicting him. So, uh, I guess they just want to get it on the record. He's being charged with genocide, incitement to commit genocide, conspiracy to commit genocide, persecution, extermination, and murder. He has pleaded not guilty. Uh, you guys remember, just a quick background. The genocide started on April 6, 1994, when a plane carrying President Juvenal Habyarimana was shot down and crashed in the capital of Kigali, killing the leader, who, like the majority of Rwandans, was an ethnic Hutu. The Tutsi minority was blamed for downing the plane, Bands of Hutu extremists began slaughtering Tutsis and their perceived supporters with help from the army, police force, and militias. Kabuga was a fugitive from international justice for many years. He was arrested near Paris in May of 2020. And, uh, and I told you guys about this guy. This comes two weeks after one of the most wanted suspects in a Rwandan genocide, Fulgence Kaishima, he was the guy accused of having orchestrated the killing of some 2,000 people at a church in Rwanda. And he was arrested in South Africa after 22 years on the run. Yeah, I read about that church. They all huddled up there, and they fucking just massacred those people. 2,000 fucking... You can you wrap your head around that for a minute. I mean, a mass shooting in the U.S. that kills 20 people is extraordinary. Yeah, 2,000. All right, uh, let's keep going here. And let's do... Oh, well, I got to talk about uh, Gavin Newsom and some stupidity. Yep, California is accusing Florida of shipping migrants. They got a whole 36 of them. And now, and then you see stupid Gavin Newsom came out and was like, oh, we're looking into charges of kidnapping. You notice that story went away? Yeah, because then DeSantis came out and showed video of all the migrants going, hell yeah, I'd like to take a private jet to California. So that all went away. 
But uh, yeah, there was two small plane loads of people, 20 in one flight and like 16 in the other. And uh, the media, they put three, New York Times puts three reporters on this. The media fucking went, just like they did with Martha's Vineyard. They went ballistic. Oh, this is kidnapping. No, it's not. You say like, hey, you want a free trip to California? And all these migrants are like, see, Porto Plans? No. And they get on a plane. But yeah, now Rob Bonta, our stupid attorney general here in California, he he decided to puff out his chest and Newsom. They're accusing this plane company of transporting the group under a false promise of job. Bonta said the California state investigators would pursue the possibility of criminal or civil charges, calling the action morally bankrupt. Shut up. Yeah, it's okay for millions of illegals in California until these particular 16, right? Yeah. So DeSantis is uh, defending it. He's like, yeah, why not? They say there's, I think he said it exactly right. Yeah, he said DeSantis said, quote, these sanctuary jurisdictions are part of the reason we have this problem because they have endorsed and agitated for these types of open border policies. They have bragged that they are sanctuary jurisdictions. They attacked the previous administration's effort to try to have border security, end quote. Yeah, and he said Florida's not a uh, Florida's not a sanctuary city. You are. So, there you go. I think he's exactly right. Now, uh, let's... Uh, they asked... Um, I don't want to play stupid Kareem Jean-Pierre. Obviously, the prosecuting these flights, that's going nowhere. But the stupid media runs with it because it's Gavin Newsom. He's their golden boy, and they have to act like this is actually a thing that could actually happen. Yeah. And once these guys like say, yeah, I'll take a plane ride, that's the end of it. But they're going to investigate it. So Gavin Newsom goes on, what is this, the Today Show with some fucking far leftist goof reporter. But I have to give the reporter credit. He kind of grilled him a little bit. And he was asked about it. So let's listen to your future president These here. flights of asylum seekers that are being brought to Sacramento, there have been two of them now. They've been described as state-sanctioned kidnapping by <laughs> the attorney general of, of this state, of California. You tweeted directly at the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. I want to get this right. You called him a small, pathetic man and asked, quote, kidnapping charges is that is that what you believe happened governor well, Newsom, that being, florida kidnapped migrants and brought them to california i think i'm being generous small and pathetic uh very generous he's just weakness masquerading as strength huh yeah he's flailing <coughs> desperate for attention let's just level set here let's level set here's a governor uh, can i butt in here he also said that phrase in his tweet, because Gavin Newsom thought that this video was such a fucking fire banger. He tweeted out, and he said the same thing in a tweet. He started his tweet by saying, let's level set. Have you ever heard that before in your life? I had never heard anybody say levels. I didn't know what it meant. I actually, like, I, I heard another uh, talk show. I heard a talk show out here discussing it. And they had to look it up, and apparently it's some, like, corporate jargon, which makes sense, because Gavin Newsom fucking loves corporate jargon. And he steals it all the time, because he doesn't know how to talk like a normal person. And it means, like, you know, let's, let's all put our cards on the table, let's all be truthful, let's all get on the same page, something like that. But I've, I've literally never heard somebody say that out loud in my entire life. So let's continue with the level setting From here. the state of Florida, that is using taxpayer money... And he had to go to another state to find people under false 
pretense. I don't think this, I know this. I talked to the migrants, lied to them, took them into another state by bus, and then took them on a chartered flight to Sacramento, lying to them that they had help on the other side, knocked on the door, and they left these migrants right there on the steps. So what? What kind of human being does that? They don't have to be here. Ron DeSantis is going to be landing in this city later this month yeah. to hold a fundraiser for his presidential campaign. Yeah. Should he be worried that law enforcement officials yeah. in this state are going to arrest him when he walks off Come the plane? I, I, now we're getting into hyperbole. I, the bottom that, line, No, that's what you said. Well, just we're for accountability. I mean, I don't think it's hyperbole. You're the one raising the issue of criminality. Potentially. Exactly. Potentially. Yeah. And we have to do the investigation. That, so one, it's ready, aim, fire. Not ready, fire, aim. That's his approach. <laughs> Our approach is to seek first to collect all the facts. But on the basis of facts of evidence that were provided. Uh, and by the way, I didn't take this in the third party frame. I was there. Third party frame? What? And listen to how they, I mean, you know, human beings used as pawns. See, he's all flustered. For a guy's political advancement. That's pretty sad and pathetic. No, it's and, exactly uh, what we should be doing. so I, I take this very seriously. And I, as I said, we are not Martha's Vineyard. I love Martha's Vineyard. We're not Martha. This is California, fourth or fifth largest economy on planet Earth. We mean business. And so Ron DeSantis should know that. And everyone that's been part of this, they may have more direct accountability and culpability, should know we mean business and we're not backing away uh, from getting the facts and holding those okay. accountable. Yeah. If All right. Let me stop. So, so basically nothing's happening. And let me just say, he, he talks about Martha's Vineyard. We mean business. Martha's Vineyard had those people, they gave them a fucking bowl of cereal and they shipped their asses out in like 24 hours. So Martha's Vineyard, they're giant hypocrites, right? But they meant business. They were like, Oh, it's so good to see you, but you can't stay here. No. Yeah, we don't want you here. So you're leaving now. Bye-bye. And they did it right away. You think Gavin Newsom's going to kick any of them out? No, he won't. Softy. And then more Gavin Newsom news because, yes, guys, he is. you're going to be seeing a lot of him, and I want you to be prepared for what you are about to witness when he runs for president, if not in 2024, 2028. Not only is the media going to lap up his collective jizz every single friggin' day, you're gonna know by you're gonna know by then the way he talks with all his jargon. He's one of those guys who likes to say like period, full stop. Like to really emphasize something, you know? I I ridicule people like that. He says it all the time, but he loves this like kind of Silicon Valley corporate jargon. Uh, but he wants a 28th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution to restrict gun access. Yeah, he just decided to come out and you know, see he's bored as governor. He's got nothing going on here. He doesn't really care. He's got his eyes set on the Oval Office. Has been for a while. Ever since he beat the recall. And even then, he probably didn't take the recall too seriously. So, he's demanded common sense, big air quotes, constitutional protections and gun safety measures. So, he decided to put out a video on that proposing a 28th Amendment. Let's check it out. Every time, it's the same. They tell us we can't stop these massacres. They tell us we have to stand by and watch tragedy after tragedy unfold in our communities. They say we can't stop domestic terrorism without violating the Second Amendment. And the thoughts and prayers are the best we can do. I'm here to say that's a lie. In this country, we do have the power, the power to change things, to reclaim our freedom from fear. Our ability to make a more perfect union is literally written literally. into the Constitution. So today, I'm proposing the 28th Amendment 
to the United States Constitution to do just that. The 28th Amendment permanently enshrines four additions to the laws of our land. Okay. It raises the minimum age to purchase a firearm from 18 to 21. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't buy a beer, you shouldn't be able to buy a gun. It mandates universal background checks to prevent truly dangerous people from purchasing a gun that can be used Pretty much in a have crime. that already. It institutes reasonable waiting periods for all <coughs> gun purchases, and it bans civilians from buying assault rifles. Those weapons of war our founding fathers never foresaw. This will guarantee states Not true. the ability to enact common sense gun safety laws while leaving the Second Amendment intact and respecting America's gun-owning tradition. The 28th locks in the common-sense constitutional protections that Democrats, Republicans, independents, and gun owners overwhelmingly support. And it ensures NRA-owned politicians can never strip those protections away. This fight won't be easy, and it certainly won't be fast. Convening a constitutional convention requires two-thirds of the states to call for this. California will be the first. But that's just the beginning. Join us by going to campaignfordemocracy.com okay. and signing the petition. There you to protect go. our communities and protect our freedom, support the 28th. All right, see, the funny thing about Gavin is that he's very polished when he makes... He's like Obama that way. If it's a pre-prepared filmed speech, you know... Very polished, but you like you heard in that interview. Once that went, if he's thrown off his little talking points, like that reporter, he's like, "Wait a minute, you're the one who said calling for arrest, so you're gonna arrest him." And he started going and going, uh, uh, "Look," and Obama would do the same shit because Obama too was so used to being fucking blown by the media that anytime anybody even milk toastedly challenged him on anything, he would start stuttering and stammering and changing the subject. And, and Newsom's the same way. Okay, so just like I said, get ready for it. Um, let's keep going here. Uh, Women-only spa must welcome uh, trans customers with penises, even though everyone in the spa is nude. <laughs> Excuse me. This is in uh, Washington. And a Seattle District Court judge upheld a discrimination ruling against the Olympus Spa filed by local trans activist Haven Wilvich. The traditional Korean spa... Oh, that's nice. So the white woman is going after the Korean women, huh? I'm sorry, the white man. The Korean spa maintained that its women-only rule is essential for the safety, legal protection, and well-being of our customers. It actually does accept transgender women but only if they have gone through post-operative sex confirmation surgery. Wilvich identifies as a woman, but is biologically male and has not undergone sex reassignment surgery, the court paper said. And here's the thing. The activist never actually went to the spa. See what these... This is why fucking everybody is sick of their shit right here. It, you weren't even affected, and yet you got to fucking make a point. This is why people are fed up with this shit. I have noticed, just anecdotally, I've noticed that there's much less Pride Month bullshit. Yes, and I know, if you guys follow me on Twitter, did you see the uh, the VA in San Diego? Yes, they put out their four Pride flags. They do that every fucking year. No other group gets this much adulation for so long. Everybody else, it's a day, at best, including fucking dead veterans. 
But yeah, never even went inside the spa, decided to be an activist, everything else. Uh, the Wilvich told the Post that the complaint came after a phone call to the spa and being told that pre-op trans women were not allowed and that that was breaking Washington state law because patrons are required to be nude in the pool area. In other areas, they can wear a gown. Yeah, and Will Wilvich is actually uh, celebrating this and gloating over it. And the judge, wow, nice judge they have. You know, just shut the spa down. Might as well. The women will lose out. Fucking unreal, dude. All right. Uh, so that's I have some more stuff on that in a minute. I just want to go through a few quick headlines. Oh, speaking of that, this is a huge story. Barely reported. Did you see Britain, of all people? They are now going to limit the use of puberty-blocking drugs to research only. That's right. No more puberty blockers for kids. The National Health Service announced yesterday, Friday, that that's what they're going to do. And the change comes as the agency's pediatric gender services have struggled to keep up with soaring demand because this is a social contagion. I've gone into this before. This never happened. But now all these little kids are looking around saying, wow, if you're trans, you get fucking really awesome treatment and everybody like bows down to you and is deferential to you. And I'm just a boring white kid. That's no fun. I know, I'm trans too. A document explaining the NHS's reasoning stated that, quote, there is not enough evidence to support their safety or clinical effectiveness as a routinely available treatment, end quote. So now the UK, I'm sorry, Britain, is to the right of America on puberty blockers. You believe this shit? And they're not the only one. Other countries have done it too. Finland. That well-known right-wing country of Finland. That's sarcasm. They have been limiting who can access gender-related treatments, and Sweden has restricted the use of puberty blockers and hormones also. Uh, a Norwegian health body and the French National Academy of Medicine have at least urged caution, and there's not that much data. Last year, you guys might remember the NHS announced they would be shutting down the country's only youth gender clinic after an external review showed that the service had been unable to provide appropriate care for the rapidly increasing number of adolescents. In 2011, they had 250 young people seeing, uh, seeking a referral. In 2021, 10 years later, guess what the number was? 5,000. 250 to 5,000 in 10 years. That's not natural. And everybody knows it. Boy, no wonder the mainstream media in the America didn't even touch this one. Okay, a couple uh, deaths. This was breaking right before the podcast started. Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, dies at 81 years old. Yep, he attacked academics, businessmen, and random civilians with homemade bombs from 1978 to 1975. Killed three people. Injured 23 with the stated goal of bringing about the collapse of the modern social order. He died in a federal prison medical center in North Carolina. At 81, he was found unresponsive in his cell early in the morning. Kaczynski is a fat... You kids who don't know Ted Kaczynski, go Google him. Last name spelled K-A-C-Z-Y-N-S-K-I, or just Google Unabomber. That's probably a lot easier. But he was a he was the child prodigy. Man, he was a boy genius. 
He uh, was a Harvard-trained star of mathematics, and then he turned into this nut who decided to go live in a fucking cabin in uh, Montana, in the middle of the wilderness, and like make bombs and shit. And he was, and this went on for years. He was finally captured. Uh, he wrote a thirty-five thousand page manifesto. I'm sorry, thirty-five thousand word manifesto. But yeah, he was uh, after he was he was first arrested in April of 1996, and that's when his biography came out. He had scored 167 on an IQ test as a boy and entered Harvard at age 16. Then he graduated from Harvard, went to graduate school at the University of Michigan, and he worked in a field of mathematics so far out there that a member of his dissertation committee estimated that only 10 or 12 people in the country understood it. By 25 years old, he was an associate professor at the University of California, Berkeley. And then he dropped out. Starting in 1991 he, and continuing until 96, he lived in that shack he built himself in rural Montana. No running water, no electricity, eight rabbits, made bombs. Fucking fascinating guy. And then the other big death was Robert Hansen, the former FBI agent. He died at 79 years old. Of course, he's famous for spying for Russia. They call him one of the most damaging spies in American history. He was 79. He was arrested in 2001. He pleaded guilty to selling highly classified material to the Soviet Union and then later Russia. He too was found unresponsive at the federal penitentiary in Florence, Colorado. Three years after he was hired by the FBI, he approached the Soviets and began spying in 1979 for the KGB. He stopped a few years later after his wife confronted him, but then he started again in 1985 selling thousands of classified documents that compromise human sources and counterintelligence techniques in exchange for more than $1.4 million in cash, diamonds, and foreign bank deposits. He used the alias Ramon Garcia. Yep. And he did this all like using dead drops and encrypted communication. He never met in person with a Russian handler. So he was arrested after making one of those dead drops in a Virginia park in 2001 after the FBI had started monitoring him for months. Yep, good stuff, but very, very damaging. Piece of shit, honestly. All right, uh, let's do a few more here. Uh, let's start. I had this a little while ago. I just want to play this clip to see, tell you guys what you're up against. You know how I'm always telling you, you take these lawyers... And these law school goofs, you should take them seriously, all these woke kids at the law schools, because one day they're going to be the prosecutors. They're going to be the judges. So you should take them seriously. And uh, a crazy lady uh, gave a commencement address at the famously progressive City University of New York Law School. And uh, she's a complete nut job. A Yemeni immigrant named Fatima Mousa Mohammed was speaking to her graduating class at the City University and she was fuck. She's in completely insane. Again, this is an immigrant to this country, and she started with the white supremacy, and we're a terrorist state, and all this. It's like, why don't you get the fuck out of here, then, dude? If it's so bad, get the fuck out of here. You're not wanted here. We don't want you here. Why don't you go unfuck Yemen instead? Huh, Fatima? 
No, because you won't. They never do because they want to come here and take advantage of the capitalist system while denouncing it. It's the oldest shit in the world. Well, now there's a Jewish legal group that's trying They're you know, the school's being denounced. They're being denounced by both sides because they came out and said like, oh, well, yeah, maybe this was bad. And then the other side said, well, you approved the speech. They basically didn't think it would blow up in their face. I just, but I wanted to play a clip of it. It's a few weeks old. Uh, here's about a minute of it, but listen to this fucking nut, dude. Hang on, sorry here. Um, I want to, actually, that's not the one I want to play. I'm going to play that one again in a second, but uh, let me play first uh, a segment from the actual speech. Here we go. Listen to the crowd, too. They applaud. recognize that the law is a manifestation of white supremacy that continues to oppress and suppress people in this nation and around the world. We joined this institution. Yeah, woo, applause. We joined this institution to be equipped with the necessary legal skills to protect our communities, to protect the organizers fighting endlessly day in and out with no accolades, no cameras, no votes, no PhD grants, working to lift the facade of legal neutrality and confront the systems of oppression that wreck violence on them. Systems of oppression created to feed an empire with a ravenous appetite for destruction and violence. That's Institutions America. created to intimidate, bully, and censor, and stifle the voices of those who resist. In this moment... Yeah. Woo, yeah. You go, girl. Slay, queen. Okay, so that, that was just... That was, and then she goes after the NYPD and all the usual shit. Now, that clip I started to play... And I apologize for I was moving the microphone and slammed into my mouth. If you guys were wondering what happened there. Uh, this is a little bit of a uh, kind of a montage of her at various protests. And you She's like one of these pro-Palestinian nut jobs and all that shit. Here we go. Professors are not welcomed on your campus. Demand that Zionist students are not in spaces where Palestinian students are. You must understand <laughs> that the state forces bombing my people in Yemen, incarcerating black people in this country, are the same forces that are killing Palestinians. Glory to the martyrs. Glory to the resistance. Glory to Palestinian men fighting on the land. Glory to each and every single person throwing the stones. Greater empires have crumbled beneath our feet. Okay, and she goes on to show her tweets, Israel should not exist at all, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, this is the same old story, you guys. Yeah, my people in Yemen. Go fucking back and be with your people. Oh, you won't. No, you're not going to, because back there, they would tell you to sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up and cook me dinner. That's what they'd be telling you. But no, but at the same time, she'll go, oh, my people, they're so wonderful. But let me go over to America and get a top-tier education. That way, one day, I can be a judge... And then uh, when some poor fuck American is dragged in front of me, if I don't like his skin color or ethnic background, I can throw him in prison. That's all. These, these are communists. They dream of imprisoning their opponents. Uh, I thought you guys would enjoy that. What else? Uh, let's do some more headlines here. A lot of you guys sent me this one, too. Hell of a headline. Mother and daughter accused of killing and dismembering a 71-year-old grandmother with a chainsaw before burning her remains on a grill. 44-year-old Candace Craig is accused of killing her mother, Margaret Craig, 71 years old on May 23rd following an altercation. She had her daughter, 
Salia Hardy, age 19, dispose of the remains. And this is in Landover, Maryland, by the way. Apparently, the cops conducted a welfare check and smelled the odor of decomposition. They discovered what appeared to be brain matter in open trash bags. So now, Candace and Salia are in the custody of the Prince George's County Department of Corrections and are facing charges. So they had a fight, and Candace murdered the mom. <laughs> just, just murder her, dude. Just have a fight. The alleged attack happened just nine days after Mother's Day this year. In 2021, Candace had posted a heartfelt message to her mom on her Facebook page. Quote, Happy Mother's Day to the number one woman in my life. I hope you have an awesome and peaceful day. I don't get to say this every day, but I love you very much to the moon and back. End quote. Now, uh, turn around while I start up this fucking chainsaw. Did you guys see? I, this is another story I didn't have a chance to get to, but I, I suspected an immigrant background was behind it. Did you see the swan that got killed by the teenagers? Yeah, it was in a New York town, and uh, three teenagers were accused of kidnapping, murdering, and eating a New York town's beloved swan named Faye. I mean, I didn't think it was the biggest deal in the world, but it's just a bird. But the swan and her four babies were kidnapped uh, about a week and a half ago in Manlius, New York. And Iman Hassan, 18 years old, and his two accomplices, who are not named, were charged with felony grand larceny and criminal mischief. So then they cooked this fucking thing and ate it. The three of them are refugees from Myanmar. They do risk deportation if found guilty. They're not going to... I wish. Nobody ever gets deported. You have to like literally murder somebody, and then we'll take care of you in prison for like 25 years, and then we might deport you. But according to the Immigration and Nationality Act, offenders can be forcibly removed from the United States if they have committed aggravated felonies or, quote, crimes involving moral turpitude. End quote. They jumped the fence in the middle of the night and stole the bird. And uh, then they cooked and ate it because they said they didn't know it was a swan, but they thought it was a very large duck. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's... To me, it's not that big of a deal. But I, I did think someone was really like, who does that? Who would like cook and eat a swan? And I figured there were like somebody from like a different culture where that's like cool. Okay, let's do. Uh, oh, this one is a good one. One of you guys sent me this as well. Let's go to Vermont. Let's. Uh, my 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 sus meter is going up on this one. A high school in Vermont is working with police to identify, to investigate, after a swastika was painted with feces in a gender-neutral bathroom. Symbol was reported at Montpelier High School on June 2nd, the second day of Pride Month, which we all know is the holy month, and you, it's just so important. Uh, yes, they described it as hate speech. And the... The stupid principal is already speaking out. High school principal Jason Gingold made a long statement. And uh, yes, this is a deliberate act that has been mirrored in schools and elsewhere all around the country. In recent years, it has been directly used on school campuses to threaten queer and Jewish people. Okay, again, I would ask fucking Gingold, are you not aware that the vast majority of these are carried out by people who are trying to draw attention to their cause? A.K.A. fake hate crimes. 
So keep an eye on that one for me, guys. If we hear nothing about it, then we'll know it was fake. And that reminds me. Remember, was it Minot Air Force Base? Whatever happened to that one? Remember the chick who came home? She said she ran out at like 3 o'clock in the morning to get a soda at one of the Air Force bases and came home and there were swastikas and spray painted all over her house. And that was the end of the story. That was weeks ago. So no update on that one, I notice. Weird. Uh, Fort Myers man arrested for masturbating in front of two women. <laughs> Look at this guy's mugshot. 46. Brendan Patrick McGonigal was seen at the lodge in downtown Fort Myers. According to a worker, he entered the restaurant and asked for a water. And he does look like a vagrant. He was provided water. And the witness saw McGonigal, quote, touching himself inside his pants, end quote. He later went back to the restaurant, asked for more water. See, this is like, yo, get out. He sat down in the same spot as before. And as the worker was cleaning, she noticed he had pulled his penis out and began masturbating looking at her and her co-worker. According to a police report, McGonnell told police, quote, I wasn't feeling that great, and I just pulled it out. I was going to go to the bathroom, end quote. <laughs> uh, little archaeology story here. You guys know I like that one. Newly discovered stone tools drag dawn of Greek archaeology back by a quarter million years. In an open coal mine in southern Greece, researchers have discovered Greece's oldest archaeological site, which you know is friggin' old, which dates to 700,000 years ago. This would, would uh, you know, throw in reverse what they believe to be the dawn of Greek ar- archaeology by as much as 250,000 years. The site is associated with modern humans' as homonym ancestors. It was found to contain rough stone tools from the lower Paleolithic period, about 3.3 million to 300,000 years ago, and the remains of an extinct species of giant deer, elephants, hippopotamus, rhinoceros, and a macaque monkey. Dang, we're always finding new shit, aren't we? All right, uh, let's see here. Let's. Uh, this, this one was going around. Here's a clip. This was uh, going viral on... Uh, Twitter and TikTok. But basically, you'll hear a liberal woman say, like, you know what? I want a certain kind of values in men to date, but I find that the only ones that meet that criteria are those icky, gross conservatives, uh, which is kind of funny, and people jumped all Let's listen to the Do you want to know one of the saddest realizations I recently had? Was that as a liberal woman, it is really hard to find a man who is willing to play the more traditional masculine role in the relationship in today's day and age. Who is not a conservative? A man who wants to pay on the first date, who wants to open your door, who has that want and desire to take care of you and to provide. Who is not a conservative? And obviously, as a liberal woman, I do want to be respected for my independence. And I do want to have my own autonomy in the relationship and not be confined or conform to the traditional female, homemaker, childbearing role. And most of the men that I've dated who do have that more natural provider masculinity about them are normally conservative. So I don't really know what to do because I don't want to compromise my morals and values just to find a man. But... Am I asking to have my cake and eat it too? Yes, you are. I know she made that video, by the way. She's making that video. Like a lot of people make videos in their cars. She's like driving. 
Like, stop. Stop doing that. Stop fucking making your TikTok videos driving down the street, you nut. Okay. Let's go here. Um, What do I got here? Oh, this is a good one. Let's go to a bad, bad cop. Police say former deputy sheriff masturbated in parking lot of Enfield Ice Cream Shop. Where is this? Uh, this is in uh, Massachusetts, in Hampton County. <laughs> this is great. Fifty-one-year-old uh, Todd Lafond, who was formerly employed as a contractual deputy, uh, shout out to my boy Timbo, by the way, Massachusetts State Police guy, buddy of mine, I contracted with Tim. You're gonna like this one, brother. Uh, yeah, this guy was sitting in a parking lot of an Enfield ice cream shop, right, and. Apparently, God, why is it so hard to find these? Just fucking write down what happened. Okay. According to police report, people and families sitting at the Smith Ice Cream Plaza in Enfield, I'm sorry, it's Connecticut, not Massachusetts. So, Dimbo, sorry, it wasn't your state. It says Mass Live is the website, so I assumed it was Massachusetts. I guess they just picked it up from near but neighboring Connecticut. Uh, Timbo, you'll still like this, though. Uh, the, so the people are sitting out there, family and kids, right? And the police report says they heard a quote, loud moaning noise, end quote, coming from a silver Chevy truck with its door open. Children were eating ice cream outside the shop with the sounds echoing from the car. Witnesses told police that a man shut the door and drove to a barber shop in the same plaza where he was seen hanging his leg out of the truck. The man, who witnesses identified as white, middle-aged, and heavyset, was again heard blasting sexual moans from the car's speaker. And then witnesses said the man, yes, appeared to be pleasuring himself. A witness went on to call the Enfield police. Police officers responded. They found a witness who said they approached the man who did appear to be masturbating in his truck. And the witness told officers he parked next to the silver Chevy and saw the man with his half-naked leg hanging out of the car, masturbating to a porn video playing off of his phone. The witness told the man, you need to get out of here. And he went on to drive away from the parking lot, but they snapped a picture of his plate. So he was gone by the time the cop showed up, so they drove to his residence. And... Boy, he just... Dude, if the cops show up at your door, guys, and say, hey, by any chance, were you jacking in the parking lot with a bunch of kids around? Just say no. I mean, wouldn't you just say no? Well, not this guy. This guy apparently said... Uh, he told officers he assumed they wanted to speak with him because he was touching himself and had his hands in his pants. Uh, LaFond went on to helpfully inform the Enfield police that he was a deputy sheriff for the Hampton County Sheriff's Office. Uh, Then he went on to also helpfully tell them that he was watching porn after getting dessert and, quote, one thing led to another, end quote. (laughs) Oh, come on. Come on. Uh, All right, quick. Political roundup. Mini. Bunch of guys just announced they were president. Here's uh, North Dakota representative... Uh, I'm sorry. Republican of North Dakota, Governor Doug Burgum. Here's his uh, little announcement. Let's hear We need a leader who's experienced firsthand... That Very we quiet. ...as a country like. when our innovators and entrepreneurs can soar 
and when every single person can grow and thrive. To unlock the best of America, we need a leader who's clearly focused on three things, economy, energy, and national security. <laughs> And that is, and that is why, and that is why today I'm officially announcing I'm running for the president of the United States of America. All right. I like that. I actually like. I looked into his background a little bit. Pretty, uh, pretty impressive guy. But he has no ch- no chance in hell. Who else decided they were going to run for president? This guy, Mike Pence. And maybe worst of all, our timeless American values are under assault every day. In classrooms, our children are indoctrinated into radical ideologies and even taught to hate our history. And from boardrooms, our faith and beliefs are insulted routinely. While government agencies target concerned parents and punish consumers in the name of social justice. We're better than this. Yeah. This country has been so good to my my family, and I've been honored to serve it. We both have. And it'd be easy to stay on the sidelines. That's not how I was raised. I've long believed that to whom much is given, much will be required. That's why today, before God and my family, I'm announcing that I'm running for president of the United States of America. Yeah, yeah. I actually I like Mike Pence, you know, but he's he's not the person we need right now, and he's he's way too religious. Uh, who else did? Um, let me see here. Oh, uh, Cornell West. You know, remember this this that kooky looking black guy he used to be like a Princeton professor. He said he's announcing for president of something called the. He's running for president on something called the People's Party. Let me just play a little bit of uh, Cornell West. These bleak times. I have decided to run for truth and justice, which takes the form of running for president of the United States as a candidate for the People's Party. Yeah. I enter in the quest for truth. I enter in the quest for justice. And the presidency is just one vehicle to pursue that truth and justice, what I've been trying to do all of my life. All right, Dr. Cornell West, there he is. That should be funny. Uh, anything else that I want to, uh, go in there with? Yeah. Well, you guys all pretty much, there wasn't like a really lot of great, um, audio this week. Uh, quickly, let's go through some quick headlines. Uh, six lions in Kenya were speared to death in retaliation after killing a goat herd. Now, this is near Kenya's iconic Amboseli National Park. And a guy named Parkeru Netareka lost almost half of his goat herd to hungry lions. So the village got a little pissed off and it led to this spearing to death of six lions in retaliation by the Maasai people who have lived with them for centuries. They didn't want to put up with their bullshit. Uh, let's see. The United States is trying to create a weapon from a crashed alien aircraft. Claims a whistleblower. Yes, I did watch this show. This is former intelligence officer David Charles Grush. He's the uh, intelligence officer who's blowing the whistle and saying, yeah, we, we got all these aliens. We know all about it. He's claiming that the United States government has intact and partially intact vehicles. And he says this dates back to the early 20th century. 
Grush served in Afghanistan and worked for the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency and the National Reconnaissance Office. And he has handed over details of the alleged operations to Congress and the intelligence community. Inspector General, he's also filed a complaint against the Department of Defense and claims he's been ostracized for his decision to blow the whistle. He worked on the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force from 2019 to 2021. He told News Nation that the U.S. has parts of, quote, non-human origin technical vehicles, end quote. All right, let's see them. Let me see the aliens. Mexican soldiers are going to be prosecuted for executing five cartel members after they crashed during a high-speed chase. Yep, Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, AMLO, has vowed that a group of soldiers who were caught on camera killing them will be prosecuted. So apparently the military truck was chasing it, and the black pickup truck crashed. The men were forced out of the pickup, beaten, dragged across the dirt-covered ground, forced to kneel facing the wall, and later shot before the soldiers then tried to cover up the scene. Duh. All, dude, this camera's like high def, dude. Yeah, guys, go look for the uh, video. I mean, on one hand, shit's gotten so bad there that maybe it's time for a little uh, street justice. Uh, if you're not allowed to do it, you're not allowed to do it. Let's see. New Hampshire man is arrested after threatening to kill a United States senator. He's facing up to 10 years in prison. The U.S. Attorney's Office of District of New Hampshire announced yesterday that Brian Landry, 66 years old, of Franklin, New Hampshire, had been charged with threatening to assault, kidnap, or murder a U.S. official. He had called a senator's district field office. They don't name the senator, but I'm pretty sure it's Tommy Tuberville from Alabama because they only said that the senator had been in office since January of 2021. And in the voicemail he left... He said, quote, hey, stupid, I'm a veteran sniper. Unless you change your ways, I got my scope pointed in your direction. I'm coming to get you. You're a dead man walking, end quote. Also adding in some expletives. That's funny. This is clearly, this is the kooky left-wing guy. That's why you didn't hear about this at all. Uh, Let's see, uh, more uh, California news. This This is great. Did you guys see that a hotel owner is just going to stop making their loan payments in San Francisco? Yeah, they're just writing it off. Park Hotels and Resorts, the operator of two of the most prominent hotels in San Francisco, is handing in the keys on the property and giving up. They stopped making payments on a $725 million loan tied to the Hilton Union Square and Park 55. Those hotels have a combined total of nearly 3,000 rooms. And uh, they said, yeah, we don't think, let me paraphrase, they said, we think San Francisco is a giant shithole and has no hope of coming out of this because there's no political will to do so. Wow. That's huge. (laughs) Yeah, no big deal, right? San Francisco, you think you're going to rely forever on what? Silicon Valley? They can move too. Then what are you going to do? Oh, and then more funny news. The Los Angeles Times is cutting more than 10% of their newsroom. They're so terrible. They're so bad. If you guys aren't familiar with the Los Angeles Times, go. Everything they write, they have to include race, gender, and whether you prefer penis or do not prefer penis in every article. That's all they write about. I'm not even exaggerating. Remember, they were bought by that billionaire. Name's not in front of me. It was Patrick Soon Shang, I think his name is. And it was bought 
in 2018 for half a billion dollars. But he's losing millions of dollars a month on this. And he put his fucking daughter in charge, who's some like far left-wing kook, and literally nobody reads the LA Times. Like their subscription numbers are like 125th of what the New York Times subscription numbers are. Because say what you will about the New York Times, they're not constantly talking about that in like literally every single article. A Florida woman has been arrested in the fatal shooting of her neighbor. This is a crazy story, dude. 58-year-old Susan Louise Lorenz was charged with manslaughter with a fireman, a shooting death of a G.K. Owens, 35 years old. This is pretty. This is like a racial thing now. Uh, apparently, what happened was that uh, Lorenz had become angry at Ms. Owens's children, who were playing in a field close to her home. She began arguing with the children and was overheard yelling at them by a neighbor. During the argument, police say, Lorenz threw a roller skate at Owens's 10-year-old son, hitting him in the toe, and later swung an umbrella at them. The children told their mother what happened, and she went to Lorenz's home, knocked on the door multiple times, and demanded that she come outside. Lorenz then fired one shot through the door, striking Owens in the upper chest. One of Owens's sons was standing right next to her in a shot. She died. Hmm. They are also claiming that Lorenz used racial slurs when yelling at the children. And Lorenz is white. Owens is black. And, uh, yeah, it's messed up. But, you know, what the wrinkle is, is Lorenz is going to claim self-defense. She's going to say that Owens was trying to break down her door and she shot first. And, you know, Florida, they've got pretty tough stand-your-ground laws. So we'll see how that one goes. Apple, my beloved company. They debuted a virtual reality headset. <laughs> They're still trying to do this. It's called the Vision Pro. Looks like a pair of ski goggles. I just don't get it, you guys. They want $3,500 for this. Now, remember, Meta just failed spectacularly with the whole Metaverse and the headset. And while, yes, I do think there is an application for virtual reality, like... You know, doctor, surgeons could practice surgery, shit like that. So I think there are applications for it. I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. And everything you wear in your face has always failed all the time. Like people don't wear it continuously. Let's see. Female piano teacher, now 61 years old, faces sentencing after admitting sexually fondling her 14-year-old schoolboy pupil as she taught at a 20,000 British pound a year private school when she was 37. Wow, that was a long time ago. Really, dude? <sighs> she was 37 and teaching him to play piano at this prestigious school. And she's 61 now? But yeah, they arrested her. She's been married three times. She used to give uh, youngsters alcohol and let them stay over. So, why did she even get... The boy is claims that she groomed him. And so, um, she... What is... This article is very confusing. I'm sorry, guys. I just read the headline and I went with it. So, a jury of 11 men and one woman dismissed his version of events and took less than four hours to unanimously clear the teacher of five counts of sexual assault on a minor. But she will be sentenced for the one count of sexual assault, which she admitted. Okay, so she did say she... Um, oh, 
This is the one she admitted to. She described how she and the boy had been kissing and rolling around on the apricot-colored sofa in her living room when they touched each other on the genitals until he ejaculated. Okay. Come on. It's like, what? This is like 25 fucking years ago. Really, dude? Get over it. I would never say that to a young lady, but dudes, come on. We know it's not the same thing. We do know that now, right, everybody? I hope so. Uh, let's see. Let's do a few. Uh, Paul Oakenfold, the DJ. You guys all know Paul Oakenfold. He is categorically denying sexual harassment claims made against him. 59-year-old DJ hit out at the lawsuit filed by his first pers- former personal assistant who has accused him of repeatedly pleasuring himself in front of her. Hmm. And suggested the case was filed in a bid to tarnish his res- res- reputation and extort money. And he uh, says he categorically denies all claims of this. The 24-year-old accuser in court documents, um, she accused two companies run by Oakenfold and this other guy of violating her, and she is seeking damages of over $25,000. That's not that much. But yeah, she alleges that on her first day and on three other separate dates, Oakenfold exposed himself and then pleasured himself in front of her, doing so four times in one single day. Wow. Four times, not finished in four times. I mean, that'd be rough. I mean, the guy's already 59. This happened like a few years ago, so he's in his 50s. I don't know. Could you guys do that four times in one day if you're in your 50s? And finish. I'm not even talking about manipulating it. Could you finish? No, it's unclear on that. Uh, let's see. Do you guys, you guys know the basketball player Zion Williams? <laughs> He's been going through some shit. He's got a pregnant girlfriend, but apparently banged some porn star named um, Moriah Mills. And uh, the NBA is desperately trying to cover up uh, all of this action. But the funny part is, if you guys are on Twitter, Moriah Mills has been ranting on Twitter and dropping all kinds of details and screenshots and everything else. Uh, so, of course, Zion Williams is kind of a bust so far. He was supposed to be the next big NBA star, plays for the New Orleans Pelicans. But starting on Wednesday, dude, yeah, he, he's this chick has been blasting him. And uh, Tuesday, Williams revealed that he was going to be having a baby girl for his girlfriend. So then his porn star decided to jump on it and talk about all the times that he banged her and fucking all this shit. And uh, it's just merciless. It's been going on forever. So the NBA is trying to cover it up. So if you guys are on Twitter, go check that one out. The Los Angeles District Attorney's Office. Yes, George Gascone. The office has quit Twitter due to a barrage of vicious homophobic attacks. <laughs> <laughs> the account which went by the handle at LADA office no longer exists on Twitter. That's funny. Because, you know where this came about? Because they started sharing posts and photographs celebrating the LADA's first known entry into a pride parade. Well, that post was quickly met with a barrage of vicious and offensive comments that left us deeply troubled. The comments ranged from, quote, homophobic and transphobic slurs to sexually ex- explicit and graphic images, end quote. Ah, uh, that's great. I, I think they just used that as an excuse because they were constantly getting fucking nuked in the comments because he's such a left-wing nut who hates putting criminals in jail. 
Uh, what else? Let's see here. This is kind of a boring story, but you guys, I don't have time to get into it. The Supreme Court, in a shock vote, has rejected a voting map in Alabama that would have diluted black voters' power. So I'm, I'm not going it's, to... It's kind of fucked up, though, because basically they said, like, well, no, you have to have a map with a majority black district. And the Alabama people were like, dude, we ran a simulation of 10,000 maps, m- districts, because they only have like five, I think, because f- it's not that many people. Um, seven districts, I'm sorry. So they redrew it in, after the 2020 census, right? And they left only one majority black congressional district out of the seven. So they sued over it. Because the black voting population had grown, but the problem was none of them lived in a black majority district. Like, that's just the way it goes, right? Well, the Supreme Court said, no, no, you have to create a district of at least two black majority districts. And they were like, but we tried that. And there aren't, they just don't live concentrated like that. And the Supreme Court said, well, you have to do it anyway. It's kind of really weird and fascinating. It just shows how race obsessed everything still is. You'd think we were beyond that shit now, but no. China is looking at Cuba. China is going to build a station that could spy on the United States from Cuba. Obviously quite concerning. Beijing has built listening outposts elsewhere and has a military presence in Cuba. But an eavesdropping station could give China a foothold about 100 miles from the Florida coastline. Um, And they are deeply concerned about this. The details of China's and Cuba's negotiations comes as the Biden administration has attempted to stabilize relations with Beijing. Uh, oh, here's John Kirby again. He pushed back against reports of the plant facility. He said, quote, this report is not accurate, end quote. Well, that could mean fucking anything. And anything John Kirby says, he's a noted liar and a fraud, so uh, he's, he's, def- he's probably almost assuredly lying now. All right. How much time? A few more minutes. Uh, do I want to play? Do I have any good clips here? What's this one? Uh, I oh, here's a guy. Uh, you guys know I kind of like this one. Oh, actually, this is the one I wanted to play. This is a transgender man, so biological woman, and I I I was actually touched by this, and I thought it was very very sad for many obvious reasons. I'm gonna play the clip, and then we'll Nobody talk about told it. Told me how lonely being a man is i had closer friendships with random women i met in the bathroom before i transitioned at clubs because of how open women are than i've had in my eight years of transitioning because women are just so much more vulnerable and deep than men but to have known and i think a lot of trans men feel this is we knew what depth felt like before we transitioned we knew what it felt like to like have people want to hug us and to have people want to talk to us and to have a community and then you transition and you're just a guy walking down the street that people cross the street so that they're not near you and friendships are so much harder to build and people are colder. And what's hard is none of this invalidates how real and raw women and people who are in marginalized groups feel about cis white men. All of that's valid. 
But I also now understand why the suicide rate is so much higher in men. Because this shit is lonely. And I'm an emotionally mature man. I know how to build friendships, and it is still really, really hard. Try to think about how you can, in your small little community where you feel safe, can reach out to the men in your life and just help them feel maybe seen for a moment. Or do do little little conversations to help their emotional maturity so that they can reach out to people and have deeper guy friendships. All right, so, uh, you know, it, it's sad. And I will say, this is a transgender man. This looks like a dude. Full beard, mustache. But that's the thing. Women, you, you know, society values you more. Men, society, they don't give a fuck about you. A man's worth is only defined as what he's offering. Women aren't like that. You could not offer shit, but if you're hot, you'll have everything handed to you on a silver platter. Men, it doesn't matter. You have to like prove your worth like every single day. And nobody cares about your problems. Nobody cares if you're like an emotional wreck, you know. Yeah, you have friends, but they're not friend dude friends are different. They're not calling up just to chat. Dude friends call up. My dude friends call me up and the conversation lasts about 30 seconds. Hey, you want to meet up at this place? Yeah, sure. And that's the end of the conversation. And that's every once in a while. But men, it is. It's a lonely existence because you nobody cares about your problems and nobody cares how you feel. That's not true with women. Uh, and, and that's just, and I think that's a tragedy that nobody's telling these females this, and then they become men. And I, I know exactly what this person's talking about. Like all of a sudden I'm a man and nobody cares and I feel lonely. Yeah. That's what being a man is like. Nobody cares. And you do feel lonely. And what do you do? Do you go online and say like, wow, I'm so lonely? I mean, I, you know, and I know every dude listening, we've all felt lonely. But what do you do? Do you say to your friend, do you call up your friend and say, hey, I'm really lonely? No, of course you don't. You know, you just hopefully, you hope that you'll hang out with somebody soon. And um, it's sad. So I hope that person feels better. And uh, I would advise you to, again, not surgically alter yourself. All right, last few ones, you guys. Uh, the uh, Allstate is no longer offering new policies in California, by the way, just like State Farm, who also announced the same thing. They said basically, yeah, this is property insurance. And they're stopped selling new home, condo, or commercial insurance policies. It says because it's too expensive. There's too many disasters, and building a house out there is too expensive, and we're going broke doing it, so we're not going to do it. The Nashville school shooter's parents is going to hand over the ownership of writings to the victims. This is, this is the legal battle is still ongoing. This is the assailant who killed six people at Nashville Christian School, and they said they're going to transfer legal ownership of the writings left behind to the families of roughly 100 students because the family wants to prevent the release of the documents, the families who lost people. Again, if this was a white supremacist who did this at a black church, is there any? Is there even a fucking tiny chance that these writings would be hidden from the public? Absolutely not. They would not be, and everybody knows it. So let's see them. It's in society's interest. I'm sorry that something happened here that's horrible. I didn't do it. But we have a right to know what this fucking kook was thinking because maybe we can stop the next one. And then finally, you guys, I'm out of time. Let us go to the big finish. Here we go. Over to the UK. Headline. 
doctor sexually assaulted a woman by depositing his own semen into multiple cups of coffee he made for her for nearly a year. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know if I... I don't think I covered this guy ever. This is Dr. Nicholas John Chapman, 55 years old. He's gone on trial at the Gloucester Crown Court Accused of two counts of attempting to cause a woman to engage in sexual activity without her consent. The victim cannot be named for legal reasons, but she was shocked after discovering a, quote, gloopy, end quote, substance at the bottom of her cup when she finished a hot drink given to her by the defendant. After she found the suspicious specimens, she reported them to the police and a lab test later confirmed the substance was, quote, semen that related to the doctor, end quote. He was arrested when he turned up to work and suspended when the allegations came to light. Uh, so, yes, this happened back in September of 2021. And she became suspicious that there might be something not right about this, the hot drinks that the defendant was making for her. What was this? Was this chick related to him, working for him? Uh, maybe we'll get into it in a second. Um, yeah, so... He was getting off about... He was getting off... Oh, okay. So this happened a lot, dude. He was getting off that he had his jizz in her fucking drink. The prosecution said the alleged victim started to notice something strange about her coffee at the end of 2020, but had no idea what it was for nearly a year. So the end of 2020 to September of 2021 is when she became concerned about it. So she was drinking his jizz for over a year, dude. Yeah, the prosecutor added she took a sip of her drink and spat it out into the sink. It didn't taste right. It tasted salty. She tipped the remainder into the sink and saw a thick, gloopy substance go into the sink. Oh, come on, bro. The court heard she didn't think much more of it. Really? But told others her drink tasted funny and would tip away other drinks he made for her during that time. Oh, God. She then noticed a plastic specimen in his possession that had no business being there. I don't know what that means. So then she kind of got a clue and uh, figured it out. Okay, she was waiting for another drink was made for, and she noticed in his trouser pocket what looked like one of his specimen bottles. So apparently he was jizzing in the bottle and then pouring the bottle into the coffee is what it sounds like. She told her partner what had happened and took place, and she showed him pictures. Her partner's probably like, dude, that's fucking jizz. And, uh, yeah, she gave it to police. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, The prosecution case. Oh, wait a minute. Posner said the defendant accepted he had performed a sex act in the toilet, but was not sexually gratifying himself over the victim. Okay, so see, that's his defense. Like, no, I didn't do anything because I didn't jizz into the coffee. Guys, this article is a Daily Mail article, so it's a little convoluted. He was born in South Africa. Maybe I did cover this guy, but the trial is going on, so it's in the news regardless. And just to finish this story, no pun intended... Uh, he said, uh, he's blaming, you guys know I always like the, the, the reasons, the excuses, right? He said, uh, not only did he not do it, he had no sexual interest in her. He's, he's claiming he has a medical condition 
that causes him to emit semen when he defecates. And he's claiming he might have gotten some semen on his hand while using the toilet, and this could have been transferred into the woman's cup. Oh, get out of here. Oh, yeah, you're not going to notice a big old fucking drop of spooge fucking hanging off your hand after you deuce, by the way. Oh, you don't, and then what? You don't you wash your hands? Nice try, bro. It still doesn't see, like, why this chick was around this much. Like, was she, in a, she had to have been an employee or something like that. That's funny. Oh, here's some more, here's some more stuff. I, I know this just keeps going. This is fantastic. Um, the, he said this, this began when I was defecating when I was about 16 years old. I thought it was normal, but when I had some residue on my trousers, my mother commented about it. She told me it was something I needed to take care of in the future. In 2013, my partner at that time commented on the smear on the toilet seat that I had left after defecating. Prior to this, I would just wipe the residue away. Dr. Chapman then was asked what he believed the fluid he produced actually was. He replied, quote, I thought it was a byproduct of defecating. I didn't have a word for it. When it first happened, I thought I had a urine infection and tested for this. I just knew that there was something going, something odd going on down there, end quote. Okay, I know, I just want to vomit, guys. That's it. Get, get this guy back to South Africa. He's full of shit. Oh, no, yeah. No, I poop sometimes, and then I jizz into somebody's coffee. That's what happened. Guys, that's all I got. The voice is shot. That's two and a half hours. No breaks. No editing. I hope I didn't gross you out too much with all the coughing and hacking. If you like the effort, guys, please consider going to patreon.com. Search for BK Actual. A bunch of you have. I just wrote out a bunch of very nice thank you messages. Uh, please consider donating a buck or two. Keep the podcast going, you guys. We got to keep it going at this point. We're what, 350 and counting? We got to keep it going. This way, like the Canada wildfires, you're going to be well aware and in the know of everything before everybody else is, including our stupid media. So, patreon.com, BK Actual. Follow me on Twitter, at Bravo Kilo Actual. And, of course, message me on Instagram, at BK Actual. Guys, that's all I got. I will see you next week. <laughs>